This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome in San Diego. Another edition of Quinn and Chris. Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby, Chris Ello. En route will join us hopefully around 4 o'clock. We'll see. Lady Ass takes on the road for some more Mountain West Conference action. So it's just me and Scraby once again. We're going to try some new things today. You know, when it's a two-man show and you're missing a, a, a mouth, as Chris likes to call it. <laughs> he would say mouth. Um, you know, it, it leaves more space to for, for more conversation. So, yes. And more games, possibly. So we're going to try something new today. Scraby came up with this one. Um, fair or unfair? Yeah, the media in this case often gets—I uh, don't want to say a bad rap. Sometimes a, a very well earned rap, and in their feels, and in their feels, because you know the media. Uh, we in the media like to point out when somebody is in their feels, but we don't like to necessarily point out when we're in our own feels. So we have a few situations we want to hear from you. Is it fair or unfair? We'll talk about it. A little later on the show, we'll play it a little bit later in the show. This is uh, one of Scraby's babies here. We'll see um, if it has some some legs to it. Uh, we'll check in in Arizona, some more spring training. I wouldn't say action, but um, storylines, developments, as um, spring training is now in, what, day two for pitchers and catchers? Yes, day two. Day two. Very important day. <laughs> Very course. important day. Um, AJ talked a little bit about Manny and his – Elbow situation and uh, the future of Hassan Kim. will get into all of that. But first, let me check in with my man, Matthew Scraper, who I've been trying to give a little bit of time here as he's running around like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to get these cameras right. And yeah, they still yeah, aren't right yeah, at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have his camera on me. That's fine. Everybody wants to see you. They don't want to see me. So I have my camera facing straight down. So <laughs> it uh, it's it's not participating at all. Uh, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to that side of the room, have the mic ready to go, so I can talk over there while we're doing cameras. Tony, how how are you doing? Oh, I can't even ask you how you're doing because now you're you're moving to the other side of the. Can studio. you hear me? Can yeah. You hear me? How are you doing, my friend? I am doing okay it's starting to sink in a little bit more I, I was just going to ask you day was about 48 hours no not quite 48 hours yet but close to it yeah, yeah. since uh not really the game ended but since the game started yeah how are you feeling 
I'm feeling more and more devastated as the minutes go by since the mm. Super Bowl ended. I watched it again last night. You watched the whole game? I watched, skipped through a lot of the second half. A lot of the Wait, second half. That's the best part of the game, apparently. Well, of course, I had to do that because I really wanted to watch again. So you just watched the first half of football when, when the 49ers were up 10-3? That's all you watched? I didn't even watch that. No, I watched the second half. Oh, you just watched the second yes, half? Yes, just oh, watched okay. the second half. Okay. Hold on, I'm all going right. back to my chair. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Turned off my microphone in the process of turning off Whoops. his microphone and actually left his on. Okay, now All I right, turned it off. Here we go. Sorry, everyone. These cameras sometimes, man. Uh, but I had a friend actually ask me today if I'm okay, like you did. But they asked me again, like, no, really, are you okay? Because you're kind of freaking me out with how calm you are with the 49ers losing the Super Bowl. And I'm afraid that you're just internalizing all of it and you're going to blow up one day. I don't think I am. Do you think maybe I'm just old enough now that I can realize that my team just got beat? You know, most of us has reached that age already. I, I, I hope that you have gotten to the point now where you can just accept that your team just got beat. Well, I can't because my team should have won that game. There were plenty of things down the stretch that I saw last night during the game that really angered me, including George Kittle only having two catches for four yards in the game. Debo, he didn't complain, but Debo did nothing yesterday or two days ago. Uh, you got he Bra- didn't complain. You what? got Brandon Ayuk, who's like on doing cryptic things on the internet now because he's not, and I think he should be paid. There's so, just so, so many questions, and now the, all the articles has the 49ers window closed, which makes me my anxiety well, raised to the, a level eleven. The, the people have spoken; they don't think so. They're the favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. Yeah, but the the window they were saying is this year because of all the contract situation. The 49ers are going to be like forty five million dollars over the cap. They're going to have to figure that out. They're also going to have to extend. Brandon Ayuk, they're going to have to pay Brock Purdy in like two years. No, that's two years away. The part of the reason why you went with Brock Purdy is that you weren't going to have to pay him. You'd be able to pay him the bottom of the barrel, basically. Until he well, worry about gets that the big contract. There's, let's be real. There's windows of opportunity are smaller in football than they probably are in any other sport. Yeah, that's why I'm freaking out. But you still have a, you still have the nucleus there. Let's say you you did let go of Ayuk, right? Yeah, you still have a really good defense. You yeah. still have a really good offense. You just now you're now Debo has to actually you know do play, something for pl- once. Play wide receiver. See, that's the thing is I don't I don't I don't know that and we're, I didn't expect to get into this Debo talk, but I don't know that Debo's a, a wide like a full time wide receiver. That's why they have Brandon Ayuk because he's an actual wide receiver and he's able to go deep and he's able to beat the safeties and all that. Anyway, long story short, is the Super Bowl is now making me freak out a little bit because well, I mean, that of where my team that at. doesn't surprise me because this is typically where you are in in the freak out area don't even get me started about the conspiracies because i haven't heard any of them so you know, you know oh, I won't here's get another you one here I'm, I'm actually going to start for you tony <laughs> here's another one that i didn't think of why is the rule even made in the super bowl so so the the chiefs were the team that knew about these rules oh, stop you but the chiefs I, I, are I the can, reason I for can, the rule can, yeah well they they weren't the ones complaining about the rule it was all everybody else who Wanted Josh Allen to have another chance to to come back down and and score. 
It didn't work. Sorry. And so now this rule's put in. So everybody gets a chance. And I would like for the only problem for your 49ers is that guy who got the chance is also the best quarterback in the world. I would like for the NFL to come out and speak about this. And say what? And say, we didn't actually notify each team like we should have. Eh, I think because the Chiefs know about this rule because the rule was made no, after no, them. So it was top of mind. Everybody was notified, including They said us. they were talking about in training camp all this stuff. Well, you know, maybe who uh, who is that starting to point to? The coach. I'm just saying. I will I will say I, I was um, defending Kyle Shanahan yesterday. I'm still going to defend him because he is a good coach, but... That that was those were some mistakes that he made down the stretch. And I, as Chris said, I didn't have a problem with his way of thinking. Um, it it really isn't. I don't know that it's on on the coach. I mean, it's on the coach that the players didn't know. Yeah, I would think the players wouldn't would know better than to roll their coach under the bus like that because it really didn't matter what the. It wasn't like they if they would have known somehow. Hardman is not wide open on that that play there. Don't remind me. So it's it, you know it, I think it's um, yes it's it's a story that they didn't know, but it had no effect on the game. Zero. I know. I'm just trying to find excuses. But I'm actually surprised you got this far into into <laughs> into the two loss days or 36 that you hours. <laughs> have just now got to the point where you are starting to freak out a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm seeing all the hater articles come out, and so that's why we have fair or unfair because there's one title that's I great. Know, I think it's called an autopsy. And oh yes, it is. It's After. a season autopsy. Right. You know, you got to. This is what you do. You got to figure out what went wrong. You can make a strong argument. Nothing went wrong. Patrick Mahomes went wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, and by the way, I saw a lot more of Travis Kelsey after the game. Dude was living the life. <laughs> Dude was living the did, life. Did you have any doubt that he wasn't going to no, live the life? No, but like... Dude, a, before they even got off the football field, he was singing Viva Las Vegas. He was, but he's like a 34-year-old guy. I, that's too old. Like, I couldn't even party if he's I was still drinking at 34-year-old. Single, not single anymore. Oh, uh, uh, do you know something I don't? No, he's not single anymore, but I'm saying... He's not, you know, he has, this is how he has lived his life for, for quite some time. I don't think he's ever been married, so. No, he, yeah, so I don't think he has either. This has been kind of how he's done done things. And, yeah, it's, and it's gotten him this far. We're going to talk about in the Big Five, uh, we're going to talk about the Taylor Swift effect, whether or not it's real, because numbers are showing us something. What they ta- what, what's the saying go about numbers? They, they don't, don't lie? lie. Yeah. yeah, well, we... we I'm sure there's somebody out there trying to poke holes in these numbers as we speak. And another thing that's bothering me in the baseball world is someone that I've talked about in the Scraby Show a lot, Jorge Soler, is reportedly signing with the Giants, three years, $42 million. I read read yesterday that there was like a staring contest going on between the Giants and his representatives in terms of... There's a staring contest? Who was going to budge? Well, now I I don't know who ended up budging. Well, he but, he was originally he opted out of a thirteen million dollar contract with the Marlins, and so he's only making like one million dollar more per year AAV. Which so I'm thinking he budgeted a he little probably, bit. <laughs> he probably there's something about seeing pitchers and catchers report when you're not named Blake. Smell, you get a little antsy. That could get you you know make you jump a little bit. But what what, what angers me about this? Not angers is not the word, but. This is an affordable player that the Padres maybe it is could have gone after fourteen. Well, no, that's the thing is that fourteen million dollars in this offseason is not affordable, and that's unfortunate because there's some good players that they could have brought in. 
Well, you know, that's that's the Padres have a lot of good players as it is. Yes, they do. So, you know, you don't have to get a Jorge Soler, who is another right-handed bat. Although, a DH, you know, he can play some DH there. He can play some outfield. But at the price tag, probably not something the Padres were, you know, knowing what we know now, were ever really um, in the – on the – the f- level floor of 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 buying in that on that floor, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, so I do. Um, Giants, though, you know, for as bad as the offseason started out for them, it actually kind of you know it's it's not bad when you look at Solaire. Uh, what was it? Uh, the, the center fielder. What was his name? Uh, Lee. 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 That'll the the jury is still out on that contract. Yeah, we don't know, but I, I'm saying signing. Solaire makes that a little bit easier. It's not your one big signing over yeah. the over the off season. That's true. So um, we'll we'll get into a little bit of all that. Snell, he's still out there. It's coaching kids in Seattle right now. While you're I was waiting. just getting ready to say, I can tell you, like before the season ended, one of the things Blake was was you could get him to talk about pretty much all night long. Was a how excited he was to coach these travel ball kids. Oh. That he was like, I mean, he had. I mean, I, I got, I got pictures in my phone of some of the kids swinging. Like he was like really serious about it. And now you start to see some of the footage of him coaching third base, just being Blake. Yep, um, it is fun, and, and, and you know, that's a really easy way to keep your mind off of what's not happening in terms of him still being on the market. I mean, spring, pitching pitchers and catchers by. End of this week, we'll have all reported to their their, their, uh, respective teams. Yeah. So I can imagine that that's an uneasy feeling. But anybody, unless they bring him in in the next couple of weeks, any any team that brings him in, he might he's in danger at some point of not being ready for the start of the year. Nah, I don't know. He's there yet. Okay. We're like, not there yet. He's unless he. I mean, he's not probably not going to be on a team that's going to Korea, so he doesn't have to like amp it up quicker. <laughs> I in the daily gambit we have a bet we on Blake Snow. We certainly hope he's not. If he's he, not going to be with the Padres, I, yeah, I know that would only other leave, that would only leave the Dodgers. They it? don't. They cannot have any more money. It's 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 not possible for them to have any more money. Is it? It is. But I, if I they would have signed him, or if they wanted to sign him, if he wanted to go there, it would have been done by now. Touche, touche. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get to break. We got a pop quiz. Chris will join us in the four o'clock hour. AJ Casavell, he's out in Peoria right now. We'll get a chance to hear from him uh, in the two o'clock hour. Also, got a schedule breakdown. MLB. We often lock in on what the, the NFL schedule when it comes out. Yeah. The NBA schedule when it comes out. We don't do it very often for the baseball schedule, and there's a good reason. 162 games. It's kind of hard to like pick out what the marquee matchup is in in April it or is March. Tough. <laughs> it's really tough. I looked <laughs> with the changes that have happened over the last since last season. Right, it was a drastic change last season. We'll kind of get in some of the details uh, for this year's schedule and and what Major League Baseball liked about the new schedule, what they didn't like. All coming up here. On Gwen and Chris. Stay tuned. 221. Shout out to my man Chris Ello. His emoji game is is stepping up. He so has so much better. He has he only knew how to use the smiley, blushy face <laughs> emoji. That's all we ever got from him. 
Now he's dropping fingers crossed. He just did. It's almost as though he realized there was more than just one group of emojis. Like, you know, you get the first page of emojis, yeah. all the faces. It's now like he realized, oh, they got fingers. There's hundreds. There's, there's a lot more than just the ones that I think he originally thought of. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I'm here for it. I think it's awesome that he's using more emojis. Yeah, I'm proud of him. Good for you, Chris. <laughs> I'm proud of him. Me too. Let's check in in, uh, in Peoria, the Padres' second day of pitchers and catchers. A.J. Preller spoke to the media. Now, I think probably the most pressing question, I don't know if there is any really pressing questions, but the one that's on pe- most people's minds is is how's Manny's um, what's Maddie's status like following his off-season elbow surgery? Yeah, I think he's he's hit every checkpoint so far this off-season. Um, you know, so he's he's here the last couple of days. You know, I haven't had a chance yet. You know, today I guess he got out on the fields. So I haven't a chance to see him personally, but you know, in, the, in this camp here, but. Um, He's had a good off season in terms of coming back from the surgery. Um, you know, I know he, he wants to be ready to go play in Korea. Um, you know, so far he's tracking towards that. I think we feel good about that. You know, where he's at, he's put the time and the and, and the work in. He moved, spent a ton of time in San Diego this off season with our uh, you know with our with our training staff. Um, and I think it's it's showing so far in the early stages. But we'll we'll kind of continue going step by step. But so far he's tracking to be ready to play. Yeah, uh, that's a surprise to me, right? What? Tracking to be ready to play for Korea? What is, I mean, DHing? I, I'm assuming that's yeah. what he's talking about. I would say so. I don't know if that's a surprise. Manny is... Uh, well, that that he makes is, me feel has, a lot better. He has proven um, to be physically gifted in terms of uh, Wolverine-like healing powers. That is true. We right? did go see him in his ankle that one day. We watched his ankle like, turn Explode. sideways, <laughs> walk on it. Ten days later, he's back in the lineup. And then ten days, he's back in the lineup. So I'm not all that surprised. Uh, I don't know exactly where Manny is. You know, as, you know, oftentimes GMs talk when they don't want to give you too much information. Of course. You know, check boxes and things of that nature. It sounds like he's done all that. What exactly that means in terms of the first spring training game versus first game of the season. I don't know, but the fact that he did mention, sound like if I'm not mistaken, he's tracking to be tracking in, to be there for Korea. For, so be there, Korea. And, so. and like you just said, I mean, if AJ's saying that, I'm definitely believing it because AJ's not going to say not anything to, to offer up yeah, uh, too information. much information. And we, uh, Manny, did speak to the media. We'll bring that to you a little bit later as well. Now we need to slice and dice it so it's more professional. We know exactly what's going to be on the other side. We've we've tried to uh, freestyle uh, one of these uh, press conferences. Or just, doesn't really work that it way. Doesn't, it doesn't work well. I'm like, I, I'll save I, a bunch of time, <laughs> and then we'll play something that means nothing. Right. I say, hey, he's about to tell you about playing third base. And the guy's talking about hitting a curveball. So <laughs> we'll just make sure we have it all lined up for you. AJ also was asked what kind of interest he's getting from other teams right now in trade talks as it pertains to Hassan Kim. And what is his future here in San Diego? No, I mean, it's it's truly all, I, you know, I'm not going to go through one specific player. It's, we've, we've had like a lot of conversation because of, I think, the depth we have in the system. And, and I think it's, again, like, you know, you can see, like, you know, overall, whether it's on a farm system, Sam, what you see, like, prospect rankings, the more important thing is when other teams are calling you asking about our players. So we just had a lot of conversation about a lot of our players. Um, you know, I, I think with, with the Kim situation, 
you know, we we were pretty consistent through the off season. Like we we you're never going to hang up the phone. You're always going to listen on any player when anybody calls. But it wasn't something we were, we we were, you know we were we were pushing in any way. You know, I think it was basically. You know, you see him as a huge part of our team. You know, I think most likely if, uh, if we're going to play well, toss on Kim in the middle of the diamond for us, playing like he's capable of playing. I think the teams understand that. You know, teams will call from now and then, but I think, you know, we've, we've tried to make it pretty clear that you know, we want to have, you know, our, our team pretty set going into this period of time, and I think he's a, he's a part of it for sure. Have you, had any, have you had any conversations with him or his agents about a long-term deal? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've again, like, we've, uh, I'm not going to go into any real details, et cetera, but we've just, we've, we've made it known to Ha-Sung that we value him, he understands that, and, um, you know, again, like, ultimately, you know, it's hard to line up on some of these things at times, so we'll, uh, that'll be, you know, something, you know, in terms of, like, how, how that all played out, plays out in the next, uh, you know, over the course of the next few months, um, you know, that'll be between us and Ha-Sung and his representatives, but he understands kind of where we're at and what we think about it. Hmm. There's a lot. There. there was a lot there. There was a lot there. There was a lot, but not a lot. You go first, because uh, I saw your face change uh, on one specific thing. Well, I thought thing. I thought he was I thought he was about to give up way more than he normally did, and then he did. <laughs> he went he went the other way. Um, hard to line up on on those on these things. Um, that for whatever reason raised my antennas a little bit. Like. They value him enough that they need a. Great he said it's been, He said it's, they've made it pretty known how they that they value. So him. that means they they want something real good. Who the Padres? They want in something. return for Hassan Kim. I, I was more focused on the second half of that because okay. to me it sounded like they don't want to move him. Yeah. It, is what it sounded like to me. Yeah, you know, he, you know, he's not going to not answer the phone uh, or block a number. But it sounded it, the way he, I heard that was that he didn't. They don't. They they plan on having him as a part of their their nucleus going forward. Yeah. Um. The part that I my antennas kind of went up on was when he said these things are are hard to line up in terms of the extension and what his future in in San Diego looks like. And you know, I it may I heard that as maybe. The the value is is looked at a little bit higher on one side than it is the other. Hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. He also said at this point in time, which he gave himself an out because uh, to me at this at point, this point in time, like he was saying at this point in time, we want him as a part of our nucleus, like right now. And so he gave himself an out. You know, we never know what could happen near the trade deadline. We don't know what's going to happen this year, but it does sound like they're going to give it a go with him. More, more so think, than trading him. Yeah, no, I, I think at this point, I don't know that it makes a whole lot. What are you are you getting an outfit? What are you getting back in return? Like, it sounds like they're pretty good on letting, you know, Brito, Vasquez, Waldron, Avila battle it Snelling. out. Oh, he's not ready for that yet. Who was the lefty we brought up that Chris brought up yesterday? De, De Los Santos? Nope. The lefty. lefty. He was in camp last year for us. I can't. I'm just going to type Scraby. it. I, I you mean, you, you're now. asking me something that Chris said yesterday, and he says a lot of <laughs> outrageous stuff that I tune out. Touche. So. Touche. Either way, they seem to be content on letting those guys battle at the back end of the rotation and living with whatever happens at that point. So right now, they really – it seems like they believe they don't need – 
to bring in anyone else for Hassan Kim. They'd much rather have Hassan Kim with them than like multiple pieces that can come back in a trade. That's what it tells me. It's it's yeah. I mean, listen. I, I think they want. It sounded like they want Kim to be a part of this team moving forward. Um, he's not gonna never say never, but it sounds like Kim is gonna be on this team moving forward. That obviously can change depending on what happens in spring training. But um, those are that's a good problem to have to have somebody of value that other people want, whether the Padres decide to, to move him or not. Bob Nightingale tweeted out the San Diego Padres still have wiggle room in their budget to add more pieces, and they continue to be in active trade discussions, A.J. Preller says. So we could see something happen. I mean, that's virtually what he said. He said it, he he wasn't just singling out Hassan Kim. No. He said they've been getting the calls, it sounded like, often about guys in their, uh, their organization. So uh, we're going to continue to talk Padres here in this 2 o'clock hour. A.J. Casville joins us in the next seg. More Gwen and Chris. Gwen and Chris on the fan. Here he is with his election update. Our producer, Mr. Matt Scraby. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 236, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby. A.J. Casavell will join us here shortly. You remember the Jackie Robinson statue that was sawed off at the feet? Yes, Terrible news. Yeah. We assume the worst. We assume the worst reasons for it. And although the reason isn't great, it certainly, at least as the um, the Omaha police see it, wasn't due to race. Didn't yeah. have anything to do not with it. Not a race. hate crime. No, not a hate crime. They, they think. They believe at this point. Um, I'm sure many of you have heard about the copper thefts that have been happening on, on cars. It's, houses. Uh, houses. Everywhere. Just what happened, the statue is all copper. Yeah. And uh, probably, you know, in many ways, easier to get to than, you know, boosting the car. A and catalytic then, converter. And then, <laughs> and then getting it that way. That apparently uh, was the reason for the theft. Uh, Wichita, Kansas Police Department on Tuesday said an arrest had been made 
nearly three weeks after the Jackie Robinson statue uh, was stolen from the park. And um, Ricky Adrit, 45, is charged with the felony theft, um, aggravated criminal damage to property, identity theft, and making false information. Uh, the statue with police said it was valued at about $75,000 was stolen from McAdams Park, the home of League 42, a youth baseball league for about 600 children that commissioned and uh, erected the statue in 2021. So, I mean. They said they're also looking possibly for a couple more people because there was three people on camera that were seen. Mm. But didn't they find this, like, burned up somewhere? They did. They did. I, I'm not quite I sure. I haven't been able to find out if this person was able to like do anything with it, but maybe they got rid of it because they couldn't do anything with it. I don't yeah, know. Aaron Moses, who was the looks like the lead investigator, said uh, the investigation has not revealed any evidence indicating that this was a hate motivated crime. The statue was cut at its ankles, leaving only bronze replicas of Robinson's cleats. They left that part behind on. The other war, otherwise barren uh, pedestal. Um, so, Robinson's statue was ninety five percent copper. So, let's uh, get to our guest for the hour, AJ Casavell. We know him well. Covers the Padres on MLB dot com. He's out in Arizona already. He's just a, getting set, so he needs a he minute needs a few, or two. Okay, so I went too early. Man. No, I, I thought he I was, thought the I, timing no, was he answered, perfect on that. Yeah, you were done with your story and all of that. Uh, I have a comment on the chat. What we got? That um, from Adam. I don't know. Catalytic converters can be done in less than a minute. I've seen in 30 <laughs> seconds. Listen, I, I, I just, I've never, I've never, I've never done it before, so I, I don't you know. You haven't? No. Oh. I just assumed that for tool they had that was able to cut it from the feet was you know probably there's actually lots of youtube videos out there of people like with their ring cameras or their security cameras catching people underneath their car and it is like it's crazy how quick these thieves are yeah. but now i think that there's some what sort of say, how, long, how fast was it how fast uh he's seen in 30 seconds 30 less sec- than a minute yeah that, that might be a little quicker and you yeah. certainly don't have to run down the street or hop into a car with a jackie robinson bronze uh, statue like out of the back. So, I, I mean, I guess that could be easier. Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit more of a I'm going to get caught when someone sees me putting this in my garage <laughs> right, type thing. Right. Ryan says people rob job sites for their copper all the time. When I was an electrician, I would I, I knew. Would I, I mean, get after, wire. When I walked in, I, I had saw the story, but I hadn't read it yet. And Scraby was kind of, we were talking about it. And immediately... When he said that they felt like it wasn't a hate crime, I knew that was my first thought. Well, oh, it must have been some type of you cop. Did say that. That, it had to have been that. And sure enough, that's exactly um, what it was. I don't know why this. It just makes me feel better for some reason. It stinks that the trophy was, or the trophy, the statue was ruined. But at the same time, at least there isn't like a more nefarious reason for it. Yeah. I mean, it sucks for those, what, 600 kids that, you know had that statue in their in their league that they're playing in as you know it's a, a um it's a source of of inspiration in some way so uh still waiting on 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 AJ here uh we'll, we'll talk some uh, Padre baseball he's down there and he is ready to go AJ Castleville joins us here on Gwen and Chris AJ how's your uh, Arizona stay so far 
Uh, a little earlier than usual. This is now two years in a row I've watched the Super Bowl from Arizona, which is a little <laughs> weird. But uh, last year it was a lot colder at this time. I'm told the cold went through Arizona last week, and it's been so far sunny days in baseball. So, so far, so good. I, I enjoy sunny days in baseball. Now, before we get into business here, are, it's 2024 bringing us long hair, don't care, A.J. Oh. Cassaville, or are we trimming this up this year? Uh, it's long hair, don't care. Well, you know what? It's long hair, comma, care. Okay. 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 But, Good to but, know. Uh, I'm keeping the long hair going for 2024 at least. All right. Fair enough. All right. Um, Padres, pitchers and catchers, day two. Uh, anything sticking out to you in the first – 48 hours of camp that you bet you've been there in terms of players vibe what, what's it been like down there so far uh, I, the, the vibe's been pretty good the vibe's usually always pretty good at this time of year the one thing that stands out to me i think is uh maybe kind of how ready some of these pitchers are and that probably stems from the fact that i mean especially i saw you darvish throw his bullpen session today and it was a lot more intense than i think what you'd regularly expect from early february or mid-february i guess uh, I think it stems from the fact that they're opening the season earlier, so it makes sense why. But I think the pitchers are, are maybe farther along than they otherwise would have been. That probably speaks to some of the readiness from this, this staff to get the season going and the excitement. And uh, I, maybe even to the leadership of the group. I know Joe Musgrove and Hugh Darvish are, are obviously at the forefront of that pitching group, and those are two guys you'd probably want leading your pitchers. And the rest of the group is kind of – has uh, kind of fallen into place behind them. And I think uh, we've heard some good things about everyone the Padres acquired in that Yankees trade and some of the young pitching prospects out here. So it'll be interesting to kind of see as the uh, next few weeks go on how the Padres prep for that Korea series in terms of getting their arms ready and preparing for those two games specifically and also uh, just kind of what, what their strategy is. Talking to AJ Caswell, MLB.com. He's out there in Peoria. And uh, AJ, we were just listening to AJ Preller talk about Manny Machado, and he was saying that he was tracking to play by the Korea series. So what are you hearing about Manny's return date? Yeah, so Manny actually just talked to us too. And um, he didn't want to put it – he didn't – I mean, he didn't want to get into too many specifics on – he said his body would tell him and whatnot. But it sounds like Machado's tracking to play by that Korea series based on what Preller said, based on the fact that – Machado took some throws today, did some grounders in third base and threw across the diamond a few times. And right now it's really a matter of the workload and how much he'll be able to do. He is swinging and he is throwing. He just can't swing and throw at the level you probably need to be swinging and throwing every day to kind of hone your craft and, and get in shape for, for a major league baseball season. So obviously you don't want to rush that, but given all of that information, I think it's probably very likely that Machado plays in in Korea. Now, whether he plays as a DH or a third baseman, I think there's a chance that he would be there as a third baseman, like available, but you don't want to rush that. You don't want to build up his workload on a throwing arm too much too fast after the surgery. So uh, I, I would say it's likely he plays in Korea. Uh, as for the DH third base question, that that's still up in the air. We also listen to AJ speak uh, on a number of different topics, but the the one topic I'm going to ask you about is Hassan Kim. He was asked about his, um, in terms of teams wanting him and the Padres wanting to keep him. Um, you know, I, I don't know that there was a whole lot there, but if you you read between the lines, it does sound like, at least for now, the Padres want to have him as a part of this team moving forward. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely true, and I think it's unlikely that he gets that he gets traded before opening day. Not out of the realm of possibility, but AJ essentially said that they'll they'll take calls because they take calls on everyone, but they view him as a pretty integral piece, and you can see why, given everything he does to make this the, the infield, frankly, really good. He's a, he's a great defender at multiple positions. So um, Preller also, I think, was kind of candid about the fact that the Padres are still looking to – they're still open to making trades. They're still in discussions about making trades. They're in discussions with free agents. Like, this is not a complete roster. He said something along the lines of the roster that breaks camp with us will almost certainly not be the roster that, that ends camp with us. And so there are moves to come. And obviously, I think you glance down who's available and what can net the Padres sending pieces back. And one of the one of the preeminent names is Hassan Kim because of where he is in his contract, because of his value, and because of the glut of infielders that the Padres have. I think that being said, the Padres view him extremely highly. And I think as well, they should, they should be viewing him that highly. Um, and so it's going to take a pretty substantial package to get Hassan Kim back. And I, I don't know if there's a team out there that's going to do that for one year of Hassan Kim. So right now, probably likelier than not that Kim's a Padre come opening day and where he plays may be dictated by the health of Machado, whether he's at third base or not. You just made a lot of fans happy, AJ. Yeah, we hear did. from everybody that no one wants to trade Hassan Kim, so we'll see if that happens, but that's good news. We're talking to AJ Casbell of MLB.com right now, and Jerkson Profar was signed yesterday by the Padres for a very team-friendly contract, but last night I was talking about where is he? Is he going to be an everyday guy? Is he a DH? Is he a spot left field guy? Where do you think they're going to go with uh, Jerkson Profar this year? I think you know exactly what you have in Jerickson Profar, and so he you can kind of pencil him in as the guy that, that is uh, – you probably know what you're going to get from him, and so you ask other guys to kind of step up and win places in the outfield around him. And I assume they're going to make another addition to the outfield, but his amount of playing time and where he plays and how much he plays will be dictated by probably the performance of some of these prospects. I mean, Jackson Merrill is going to be getting reps in left field. Jacob Marcy, the Arizona Fall League MVP, he'll be he'll be in the mix for for center field reps and for an outfield spot or a bench spot. Same with Grant Pauly. Like some of these young prospects, if they can earn the job, and this is one of the things we talked about with AJ Preller today, was was how do you kind of view the promotion of these guys and they have to really step up and take the job. Uh, if they can earn the job, I think there's more playing time for them probably ahead of Jurex and Profar. But you sign a guy like Jurex and Profar to be available if you need him to start in left field and to be available, if you need him to be a bench piece who can play a bunch of different spots behind some of the prospects. So what, what I think what his signing does more than anything else is give you that flexibility because you've got a, a guy that's kind of already entrenched in the clubhouse and who you probably kind of know what you're going to get from him. And then you can, you, you've established the baseline and now you can kind of ask your prospects to, to Hey, go, go win a job, go earn a spot, go earn that playing time. AJ Casaville joins us here on Gwen and Chris, 249 on the Dow. And AJ, I think, you know, we heard Joe Musgrove talk a little bit about the team needing to uh, to establish an identity. Um, typically, when we think of leadership on this ball club, we think of you Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Manny Machado. But I- I'm curious to get your thought, because in year what is actually year five of his playing career, because remember he missed 2022. Fernando Tatis Jr. has always been looked at as kind of the guy who brings the energy. He's kind of the lifeblood of the team. But at the you know young age of, what, 25 now, um, 
it seems like this is kind of his territory to kind of maybe step into and be one of those leaders moving into this year. Yeah, and I think there can be kinds of leadership. And so if you get a guy like Fernando Tatis Jr. who brings that that energy and that joy and kind of also that, like, I mean, he's he's had some big hits during his Padres tenure. And if if, if he's kind of thriving in those big moments, you, you kind of he, he's kind of said – He's put his team put it put the team on his back and and said hey I'll I'll carry it to where we're trying to get to in some big in some big spots in the 2020 playoffs and some big regular season games down the stretch in 2022 or in 2023 um, he also had some struggles last season I think what you would look for him in that uh in that leadership role would be uh, when things aren't going so great kind of maybe keep that persistent leadership leadership aspect of it up and when things are going great stay kind of exactly as you are. And so he'll be, it'll be interesting to kind of watch him because he's obviously such a, he, he, he plays the game with his heart on his sleeve. He, he shows his emotions all the time. And as someone who covers the team and wants guys to do that more often, I love that. Um, But he's also showed a, a pretty great deal of maturity just in the last year in terms of, his preparation and readying himself and learning to kind of switch positions and, and, and being out there every single day, which is obviously a thing that you, you want your leaders to be available and to kind of lead by example from on the field. And so he was that guy last season. So it, I think, like you said, it'll be interesting to see how this season he, he takes that step because he has been, he's one of the longest tenured Padres at this point. Talking to AJ Casbell, MLB.com. Thank you for joining us from Peoria, AJ. This is the last one for me, but Michael King, I've uh, been talking about how all the fans are very excited to see what he can do. What are the early thoughts on Michael King? I, I, I heard nothing but great things about Michael King, and I, we talked to him the other day. He's a very cerebral uh, person and pitcher, and he thinks the game very, I mean, very intensely. And I think uh, you look at the way his stuff played down the stretch last year in the rotation and the fact that he has different pitches, different fastballs, different versions of kind of how he can get hitters out. I talked to Kyle Higashioka about it yesterday. Like he kind of has everything you'd want out of a starter. He just didn't necessarily have that opportunity in New York until late last season. And so I think you always thought he could be a pretty good starter. And there he was for those, I think, nine starts that he made doing it. And uh, the transition is going to be an interesting one because the Padres don't like to set specific innings counts that, that their pitchers can't pass. They want them, they want those pitchers to essentially dictate themselves, not, not with what they say, but kind of with their performance and how their body's feeling and that kind of thing, how far they can go. He's only ever thrown 105 innings. I think is, is the most he's thrown in the big leagues. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they, how they monitor those innings going forward, but he's, his stuff is, is, is nasty. And he has the, the making of a middle of the rotation, if not, sliding toward the front of the rotation type starting pitcher. And he's going to be given that chance. And everything we've heard says that, that he could be that guy. I think the Padres are really relying on him to be that guy because right now the way the rotation shapes up, there's, there's question marks behind him, but if they can have that top three solidified, that'll go a long way to ensuring that, that whoever rotates in those last two, two or three spots, I mean, the Padres will have that solid foundation in place. No question about it, AJ. Uh, first of many conversations in 2024, my man. Appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, guys. AJ Casavell, MLB.com. He covers the Padres. Uh, he's, one of the, he's one of the good ones we have, for sure. Yes. Um, I, I truly believe this is the year that – I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not going to speak on what his leadership looks like, what style it is. 
But I do think this is a year. I, Fernando's my MVP pick for 2024, and I think with that, you're going to see him, in whatever form that is, step into a leadership role that um, I don't think he's had to before. He's kind of just been able to go out and play and be, be toddy. Um, I think this is the year where that kind of changes for him. Yeah, I, I, and I wouldn't be, and, I, and I'm, I'm saying it now. I think he's going to be the National League MVP this year. I said it too. I think that he's going to be a National League MVP. My, your vote carries more weight than my vote, but we're both on the same thought process that he's going to come into the season. He's going to get right into it. And you're right. I want to see more leadership out of. Fernando. I was going to say this. I don't normally do this, but I said this like last year around like June. And I was copying you ever since then. But you have. <laughs> but you ha- You did say that because you were saying once this guy gets a full offseason under his belt, once he gets some more season under his belt, he's going to be good. And it's he just alive! kept getting better. Yeah, exactly. It's alive. That's what I That's what I think it's going to be. I w- just Can kinda... you do that on the broadcast, by the way? It's alive. Yes, please. <laughs> do like a, you know, know. they have I the incorporator. Have to... You I should incorporate that. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I happened to just kind of be going through the numbers last year. Dude, Joe Musgrove was ten and three. Yeah, with a three three oh five ERA. Yeah, he started a little bit late, but he was. I think didn't he have he a decision was, in he every was game? Rolling. He had a win in like six straight games. This dude dropped a anvil on his foot before the season <laughs> the started, and then came out and shoved. Can't wait. I am starting to get excited. Well, you are going there on Sunday. Got my equipment and everything. You do have your equipment. Brand, Walking around here. You know, I, we talk about it off the air off time. Sometimes the squeaky wheel gets the, gets grease. the grease. Did you squeak your way to a new headset? I, I, I think I did. I <laughs> Good. think I did. Good. It all worked out. Uh, three o'clock hour on the way. Daily Gambit. See how we did in the, the old gambling ways. More Gwen and Chris. It's, you know, Peter's... You know, a person who's, who's 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 an angel right now for us, looking over us right now, and um, you know, it's it's obviously a devastating loss that we that we had. Um, you know, not just for for this organization, but for the city and for his family and for everyone that that he's impacted in his life. Um, you know, Peter was a tremendous person who's um, you know cared about a lot of people, loved a lot of people, and um, you know, it's definitely a, a big impact in this organization where 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 it started to now where we're at now. So, um, you know, it's going to be a person that we that we, we deeply missed and. Um, you know, but he's looking over us now and, um, you know, he's, he, he wanted us to be great and we're going to continue to, you know, uh, you know, preach, preach his dreams, which is to bring a championship to the city of San Diego and, um, you know, continue making this, this city great. That was Manny Machado, uh, speaking on Peter Seidler, the Padres owner who passed away here this off season. And, uh, I'm sure that's going to be, um, something that, Comes up again as we get closer to the season. I'm sure as guys come in, this question, uh, Peter is going to be at the forefront when the Padres come home uh, or when they have opening day in Korea, he will be at the forefront when they have opening day. And, you know, of course, he's going to have a patch on the Padres uniforms. So he he is going to be at the forefront uh, for for all of this 2024 season for sure. And um, that's the Padres, you know, Lead dog right there, uh, standing up speaking on it. It's probably the first statements we've been able to hear from Manny since the passing of Peter Seidler. 
Yeah, I, I learned more and more about what Peter Seidler meant to a lot of these guys because Peter Seidler wasn't wasn't just a boss. He, he seemed yeah. like he was a, a mentor and he helped grow them into who they are today kind of thing a little bit. You'd be a fool if he ever summoned you to the office or asked you to come by and hang with him and, and you didn't go. Because uh, well, he's not, the boss. So. Not for any reason, any <laughs> other reason than you were missing out on opportunity to to gain some knowledge or grab one of the jewels he was handing out. You know, and not like physical, oh, not okay. physical jewels. Some, you know, something for you to kind of put away and, and use later. I will. I will never forget what Je- uh, Jesse Agler said when he came on our show that day when we were talking about the passing of Peter Seiler, and he said he was just um, doing a show or he was trying to find his way as a San Diego Padres broadcaster and. Peter Seidler emailed him and said that he was walking on the beach and he was listening to the broadcast and he thought he did a really good job. And Jesse remembers that being something that he's carried with him ever since. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, it's first, you know, on, on on the Padres baseball front, it's nice to know, nice to hear that um, Manny seemingly is tracking well and, and getting back. I mean, the fact that he's already took some ground balls and throwing, that's – that's that's some positivity right there. They you sold me. He's Wolverine. Uh, well, he sold us that he's he Wolverine. Um, he did. You know, for for those who don't know, especially when it comes to elbow shoulder stuff, like you don't get to play catch like on the field until you have played like regular catch, like you know, sixty feet, oh. ninety feet, one twenty. So he's been doing that. So apparently. clearly, if he's throwing. Taking ground balls thrown across the diamond, my guess is he's already passed that portion of the rehab, which makes sense, right? Because if he's going to be tracking for uh, a, a month, season opener, basically, basically five a weeks, month, that's that would tell you that he's definitely he he's had to have already gone through that. This Love is just it. a build up now. Um, will he play games before that, or will opening day be the? Opening day won't be his first swings if he's there. I was just about to say, is is Manny good enough to just go in cold to a, uh, he, he a live is, game? He is good enough to go in cold, but he probably wouldn't. Yeah. He'll probably, even if the at-bats aren't on the big league side, it's going to be in some type of controlled environment initially. Simulated game. And then he'll have some ABs maybe where he's running the bases, and that'll determine if he's uh, ready for uh Opening day in Korea. One of my favorite things about spring training is that the first couple days, the players are just doing the the, the drills that no one seems to want to do. Like they're, they're running tedious. the bases, right? Oh. Well, <laughs> it, you know, it's different now. They they'll call the minor league, but minor league guys over to run the bases. But it used to be the outfield were outfielders were the guinea pigs. So we, you know, our conditioning was basically being the runners for the infielders during their cuts and relays, whatever it may be. Then they wisened up. It's like, why are we having big league outfielders do this? Why don't we just call the minor league uh, outfielders or our infielders, for that matter, have them run? Little drills like that are the reason I'm glad I'm not like good at sports. Then that always causes a stare because then you know, as a minor league, what are you trying to do when you get a chance to go run the bases on the big league side? You're going to go crazy. You're going to try to show out. Yeah, and that made the job a little bit more more difficult (laughs) for the big leaguers a lot of times. We're just trying to actually just get through this and yeah. These they already don't want to be you. these guys are freaking going full tilt around the bases. <laughs> I always thought that would be fu- that was a funny because as an outfitter, I got to just watch once they started to bring in the minor leaguers over, and just watching the frustration build over time was, <laughs> was quite hilarious. All right, uh, we got a daily gamble to get to. Do you like money? I think about money a lot. 
Do you like money without doing anything? Uh, duh. Winning. Do you want to make money while watching sports? I think Washington is a mortal lock. Washington! Woohoo! If you answered yes, this is your segment. Just don't blame us when you lose. Nothing is ever your fault. It's your game. Take it. Gwen and Chris go through the top bets of the day in The Daily Gambit on 97.3 The Fan. First of all, I'm extremely upset with myself. Uh-oh. We've now been an hour into this show, and I did not send congratulations uh-huh. to my friend, Jenny Kavnar, who is now the first ever, yep. ever, play-by-play Announcer on a full time basis. Yep. For the Oakland Athletics. Love it. Love it. It's, I mean, I can't think of someone who deserves it more. Jenny and I go back to when I first got traded here as a Padre. We go back even further than that, actually, but happy for. And it also comes on the same day that there are talks of an, of a lease extension in Oakland. Wait, whoa, whoa. This is news to me. Yeah, no, it just came across my phone. Team meeting with Oakland officials about lease extension at the Coliseum through 2027. That doesn't help anything. The Coliseum is barely standing at this point. It is. Do you feel comfortable broadcasting a game in that stadium? I don't, but... (laughs) There's a possum that lives above your head. You're saying there's a chance is how I view this. I, yeah, okay. I will. I'm I'm a fan of this. I want the A's to stay in Oakland. It's kind of funny how all of a sudden hey, Las what, Vegas. Let me ask you this: Would you rather them lease the rest of their time until they move to Vegas somewhere else? Yeah, you would. You rather them just kick Oakland to the curb this right is now? The equi- that would be the equivalent to me as firing someone and saying we we really appreciate. I don't all know their that Oakland looks at it like that. They they if certainly wants they them, certainly took it. the meeting. They could have been like, nah, man, get out. Well, maybe the meeting was to see if they could maybe talk about something for the future uh, as well as this lease. But if I'm a fan, I'm just like, get out of here, go. You don't want to be here. Why are you still here? It's goodbye. It's another way to look at it for sure. That John Fisher guy is, he is something else. Isn't he, he is something mm. else. Mm. <laughs> don't don't, get, don't play into my anger. I was talking to an A's friend over the A's fan. I'm sorry, friend. I'm over here sounding like Grisello, yeah, yeah. wheezing into the mic. <laughs> I apologize, everybody. Oh I don't know God. if I'm coming down with something, but um, I can tell you uh, there was someone in here yesterday <laughs> with uh, some some. Sniffleys going on. He's not here to defend himself, so go ahead. Uh, well, I said, Chris, are you sick? And he's like, nah, I just got a little sniffle going on. I'm like, that means... <laughs> All right, we'll bring this back up when he is on the show. Daily Gambit, we made four bets last night. It was Duke, and I forget who they played, but they, they were... Played Wake Forest. Your team, They were seven-point favorites in the game Duke was. We all chose Duke. Duke won 77-69, so eight points. So we all win that one. Texas Tech. They minus tried to three keep it half. close. They did. Wake Forest was in that game. They were under eight for a long time, and then it just we had it in on the uh, screen in studio, and I was watching that like a hawk. Texas Tech minus three and a half point spread over Kansas. And you guys chose Kansas. That is correct, is that, Tony. Is that score correct? Texas Tech won seventy nine to fifty. 
and uh, Bill Self was Oh, he ejected. got ejected. I saw that. So once I saw the headline of Bill Self was ejected, I'm like, it's First time ever well. as a Kansas, Kansas Jayhawk, I think. Really? Yeah. Is he known as a guy who gets hey, ejected? Not, not really. Not okay. really. Um, I guess we should have we should have known that that game was at Texas Tech, wasn't yeah, it? I yeah, I chose Texas Tech. We were talking about we were, the road teams. Yes, coming we in. were. It was Chris's own observation, and it's been a good observation for a, observation. a little bit now. But it, doesn't it just seemed work too anymore. good to be true to go back to it. Yeah, USC women's basketball team, eleven and a half point favorites last night. They won by seventeen, eighty-one, sixty-four. We all took USC. Final one. LA Clippers minus four and a half point spread against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Tony and I chose Minnesota, and Chris chose the Clippers. Minnesota wins one twenty one one hundred. How so, about a three and one joint for four me? And o, baby. Four and zero oh for you. Two and two for Crisella. Oh yeah, <laughs> it makes me smile inside a little bit when you say two and two for Crisello. This hour is brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Now Charlie Hoffman is in the Genesis. We talked to him yesterday. If you missed the interview. Go listen to a guy who is extremely happy about what he did on Sunday. Uh, you can go to 97.3 The Fan SD. But if you want him as a winner, Tony, in this tournament, plus 15,000 odds, top five plus 2,800, and then pl- top 10 plus 1,000. So those are the odds on Charlie Hoffman. Getting some respect from the odds makers. Uh, we don't have any actually bets to make tonight, but I wanted to talk about some of the baseball bets coming up. And the National League. Wait, M- fi- plus 15,000 to win it? To win. Oh, that's great odds. I'd take that. Put down a hundred. He's playing good. He's, He's feeling good. Rolling in the money right I, there, I might baby. Even that's go a top good. 10. That's a good one, dog. I might go top ten because winning is is tough to pick a winner out of a field of a hundred. It is, but at plus fifteen thousand, it'd be worth it. That is worth it. It is. Um, and by the way, I've been thinking about betting on the 49ers for the Super Bowl next year, just to stick it to you guys. You would, would, but at the end, would you really be sticking it to us in the end? Um, as the way your team performs? I think so. Oh, you think so, huh? I think so. They have yet to prove you right on this. Uh, they have yet to prove me right. I think the last team that lost the Super Bowl and then won a Super Bowl was in like the 70s or something. So that's pretty, I'm just pretty saying, difficult. At the end of the day, they'll still have to go through Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, they will. <laughs> but he's going to falter it. Tom some Brady point, right? lost Super Bowls, too. You just got to gamble and hope it's the year that your team is in. Betting story. He gets hurt. That's really the only way it's going to happen. He doesn't get hurt either. That's so. right. He doesn't. He dislocated his knee one time, and then he ended up playing like the next week. <laughs> he was annoying. Uh, so betting on the Super Bowl, more than $185.6 million was bet on Super Bowl 58 within the Nevada State Sportsbooks, which is the most ever. I'm surprised. That, I guess it was only in-game betting that they're taking right here, but it makes sense. Everybody in town to watch the Super Bowl, they're going to have betting going on. I mean, dude, I saw the traffic on the main street. Oh. You know the street that you that is on the same as the fount, the Bellagio fountains, and you know it's the main street. They didn't move for it looked like hours. Cars looked like they were just, I mean, crawling. And now we know why Tommy Fan left the game early. Tommy was like, "I'm out," and he was smart. You leave at halftime, you're beating all the traffic. You're all getting, you're getting home. You're getting home. Because Tommy I- was up with his feet up and his nice house shoes. <laughs> Watching the rest of the game, man. That's 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 where I would have loved to have been, right there. There's, Tommy's out. There's one thing that keeps me away from going to live events, and it's the crowd getting out. 100%. I'm not a fan of it. I don't know. I've been to a lot of NBA games. 
I don't know that I've ever stayed for the fourth quarter on any of them. Maybe one. You I'm, almost. I'm getting out. I don't. I would rather find out who won the game in the car <sighs> than to be in traffic trying to get out celebrating how awesome the end of the game was. I left the Chargers game one time when they were down by like 21 and I, I can't remember when it was, but they ended up coming back and I felt so much FOMO. I just hope that my team is up 10 with two minutes to go. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Are we talking just NBA? I'm talking really anything that has a lot of people getting out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They also did that whole F1 thing which angered all the residents as well. So... Vegas is really taking on some big events. Like, these are massive It's Vegas, events. baby. It is. This is what they do. Um, FanDuel said they had the most bets ever on the Super Bowl, $307 million. Let me ask you a question. Yes. We know the sports bettors. How many Swifties mm. do you think are also sports bettors? That's a Great. I'm only asking because of the numbers that we're going to get into a little bit later. I don't think teen girls can bet. So, and I'm serious. And I, that's, and are that's, we just only only teenagers? No, definitely not only. I mean, there's Taylor there's got to be some. I mean, I'm a fan of Taylor Swift, so I can, I'm not necessarily a Swifty, but I uh, that's a good that's a good point. I bet you there was some some influx of bets because of Swifties in town or watching the game or something like that. That's. Man, the Taylor Swift effect is real. We're going to get into it. What time are we getting into that? The Taylor Swift effect? Yeah. Uh, big five. Big five. Big five. So All we right. got a little bit. Real quick, the odds-on favorite for National League MVP, Ronald Acuna Jr., plus 550. Not going back. Fernando Tatis Jr., plus 1,000. So that's Take a good bet right Take it right there. now because it's only going to go lower. It will. Um, I don't know what I put that one in there for, actually. Oh, most home runs. I'm sorry. Most home runs in the season, the odds-on favorite, Aaron Judge, plus 350. Fernando Tatis Jr., plus 1,900. Matt Olson second with plus 600. Hey, I bet you right now, my man David Purdom, Purdom? sports betting reporter, they just showed a picture of you-know-who. I bet you he's talking about the effect it had on all sports betting. Well, I'll tell you what the effect it had. In 2022, it was $6 million less. So Swifties are $6 million. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. They are showing it's got to be about that. Yeah. It, it, and it was the most it's just insane what happened this season in the NFL. Um, it's a shame. Yeah, right. Not for No, the I said it's insane. Oh, insane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with all of the people that were watching this year. Uh, most strikeouts in a season. Blake Snell, I, the reason I bring this up, Blake Snell is on the list at plus 1,400. He doesn't have a team yet, so maybe you take that bet right there and you, you go with it. Uh, Manny Machado, regular season total home runs. You know what? I'm going to do these when Chris is here because we are running well, out of time. Well, that's good because he uh, is texting you like crazy right now, so let's get to break. We'll bring Chris on on the other side. But first, <laughs> wait, hold on. He just said, we got to say this before he gets on the air. And he doesn't know that a, a StreamYard link is different every single day. Right. So he's logged on to a waiting room with no one in it. Because it's from yesterday. Yeah, so it's yesterday's <laughs> waiting room. I'll have to send him a new link. These are the Chris Ello Chronicles when he's on the road. It's amazing. <laughs> More Gwyneth Chris. On I, the he's side. trying. He's trying. Here's some traffic. Gwyneth Chris. 
Chris Ello is here. I will bring him up on the board in just one second. He has made his way. And you know what? I'm going to give Chris props because, A, he used a crossing the finger emoji, and, B, he figured out how to get on StreamYard, although I forgot to tell him that he can't actually use StreamYard. So then he had to get on another app, and everything is all good. So thank you, Chris, for jumping through those hoops, man. Doing whatever I can. You know, you know technically I'm pretty sound. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Uh, just trying to just trying to add a little levity to the situation, boys. Scraby, I, I want to read you something. Uh oh. This is a um, what do you call it? An exchange on X. Oh. You know? Are you you know who Jonathan uh, Feliciano is? Yeah, I, he's offensive lineman. For... Offensive lineman for the Niners. Yeah. Uh, I I think in his attempt to defend another player. Ended up taking an axe and chopping down one of his oh, no. fellow players. I'll read you the kind of back and forth. Jonathan Feliciano responding, I assume, to a fan. A quick chop is not needed if the guy that was supposed to block him blocks him. Spencer Buford. You know who that is? Or Burford, excuse me. I know of him, yes. He's, he's, he's another offensive line yeah, yeah, on that, yeah. on that uh, starting yeah. offensive line. Not great, but... He goes, sheesh, I open up my app to this. Get well soon, bro. Oh, Jonathan Feliciano. I'm sorry, bro. I woke up hungover and being. Wait, that's not an excuse. <laughs> I woke up hungover, hungover and being a bleep and trying to have one back. I hurt you. It's effed up. And I apologize. You got nothing but greatness ahead of you. I'm sorry, bro. Fresh off uh, of uh, 49ers, 49ers with <laughs> some infighting now, Scraby. Fresh the whole thing's going to blow up on you. Fresh off of not even be 48 hours after the game, two teammates taking unexpected fire from, or one teammate taking unexpected fire from another. This is the, this is the, uh, this is the front wall right here that is taking shots at one another. I'm not going to give in to you. Because I'm I, just saying, man, you got Brandon Ayuk today sending his subliminals. Oh, we'll get into that. You got offensive oh, I linemen. I hear about this. Yeah. Oh, oh we'll get Brandon, into it later. Oh, okay, well, well I, I'll just give you a little piece of it. Brandon Ayuk is basically letting it be known that it's time for extension time, and his expectations are high, is what I gather from oh, it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it a little bit later. But all this infighting. What he, I hope. What does he want? A million for each catch he made I, in the Super Bowl. What I hope. Two. Oh, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa! It's not his fault. Coming in hot. <laughs> Coming, Coming in, in hot. I mean, with it, lasers. I actually. Yeah. In I actually. Scraby wants stand to be up paid. for Brandon now, Ayuk. Uh, I, I'm sure you guys saw this today, and I, I, when I saw it, I only could hope that both of you guys got like the full feet of it did you realize that travis and taylor were mic'd up no oh so you have swift oh, so, was mic'd so, up? well i assume travis is mic'd up oh so you hear and her. so you get to hear all of it oh man is Noth- it good stuff nothing but love man i i actually do believe in their relationship nothing it but seems love, legit although she seemed a little scared when he was yelling and screaming like I, a I crazy mean, person <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not too sure taylor has bit, spent too much time around the type of athlete that he is. Yeah, yeah. She she did look My like, wife oh. had a big concern. My wife was very concerned for Taylor Swift after seeing that Travis Kelsey exchange with the coach, with Andy Reid. I really tried to calm her fears because I think any great competitor has the ability to blow a gasket once in a while. Yeah. 
And I really don't think it's a big issue. But my wife is worried that if you see it on the field, you might see that elsewhere. Uh, you know, as if, if it has concerns. If you're not used to that, that definitely I can see That's how someone right. could be concerned. But nonetheless, I yeah. thought you guys, you know, I'll send it to you so you guys can get I don't need it. the full effect. I'll find it one day. Of Trav and Taylor. <laughs> I'm sure Tra- I'm sure Scraby would love to listen to that in detail. Just Travis Kelsey just Hey, we play football, we win. Yeah. Viva Las Vegas. No, I did see that. that Viva! Was, that was Viva That's interesting that Chris says that though, because that's not the first time I've heard that from from women. Is that they were concerned for Taylor Swift outside of I'll being in it. front of pit. No, I'm serious. They really were concerned. I mean, I, I know Chris is, I know. Yeah, no, Lori they were concerned. concerned. I mean, but... I don't think that they no, because actually they see that think behavior. They happen. think it might, yeah, they think it might translate off the field. And I, I told her, I said, I don't really think it does. I think he's such a competitor that that was just a moment. Yeah. yeah. But you never know. I mean, people no, do have tempers. Well, some people. Listen, we, so. we are not um, blind to the, the, domestic issues that we have going on in, in the world, let alone in sports. I mean, it's it's happened more often than, than it needs to, but that doesn't mean in this case that that it pertains no. to, to, to Travis Kelsey. And it, and it, it does there's not no, mean that There's nothing sure. in his background that says that it does at this point. So nonetheless, uh, exactly. Seattle, let's you jump back to the moments you missed on 97.3 The Fan. While you're listening to 97.3 The Fan, you can see what you missed and click to listen on demand missed a guest feature or something crazy you know like something crazy that scraby does often <laughs> Wait, what? that happened earlier we got you covered download the free odyssey app search 97 through the fan and tap earlier today to get started uh we have a break coming up and since chris is here we haven't introduced him to this new mm. fair or unfair yeah. uh segment we're gonna do chris Scraby oh. has uh, come up with this, I think, pretty good idea that we deem Say things. Uh, you only get one. <laughs> that will deem things either fair or unfair, and it mainly pertains to the media. So when we come back, we'll get into this new fair or unfair. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. If you love Mediterranean food, try Spiro's for authentic Mediterranean cuisine in Coronado or La Jolla. For dining or takeout options, visit SpirosCuisine.com. Now, there was a false rumor made yesterday that I do not like Mediterranean food by one of you. I can't remember who it was. But I love I Mediterranean food. I love Euros. They're my Chris, favorite. did you say that? Because I don't remember saying that. I didn't say that. Yeah. Um, I, I I think he's you know I think he was just feeling like we were he was under fire yesterday for pretty much everything, which and he often does for no reason. Feels like he's no under reason. fire. He just Are includes that. Yeah, I don't know about no reason. That was how did the uh, Scraby Chronicles go last? night? How did the Chronicles go last night in the wake of the Forty ers defeat? I mean, it went well. I just basically took my I what is it? Took my medicine and just said took your just, lumps. Here's another thing that we didn't talk about that the 49ers lost because of. Trent Williams got back-to-back penalties in the game. He hasn't gotten back-to-back penalties all year. And once Trent Williams is doing that, it's hard it's to... It's bad omen. It's bad omen. Like they get, they get a first down, it's holding. And then it's false start. It's like Trent Williams never false starts. What are you doing? And then you got this whole thing... <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Chris, no. I asked him earlier. I was like, almost... 
48 hours since the game started on Sunday. Yeah. How are you feeling? And you could start to see the real scraby bubbling to the surface. Like, he has been pretty calm. Like, remarkably calm, quite frankly, through the first 24 (laughs) hours. But it's starting to creep out. He's had a couple of these, like, outbursts, as he just had there. He started (laughs) to have. That's his second one of the show. Yeah. We're not even two hours in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's just a, a pain is you got to let the pain escape, Scrape. I'm trying. You got he, to let the pain escape. You don't want to keep it bottled up in there. He's well, the, re, he's really going through the the was it the stages the five stages. Yeah, the media yes, fair <laughs> fair or unfair. The media is really playing with my anxiety by saying, "Oh, the 49ers are falling apart." He had, the, to... he had the denial right after the game. He had acceptance during our show yesterday. Now, what's right. the third one? A grief. Grieving. Mm-hmm. grieving, he's grieving. I'm today. not quite there know. yet. You're I'm, not quite grieving there no, yet. No, I'm at grieving. the anger stage. Okay, because anger. Yeah, they should have won anger. that game, and I hate that Patrick Mahomes and that stupid team with the stupid rule named after them or based after them were the only ones in the stadium apparently who knew what was going on with the overtime rules. Can you, Chris? He's making a big stink about all both teams being able to touch the ball, and I tried to remind him earlier how. No, 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 that's not was, what I was making a stick about. I was making a stick you said about the, the fact the Chiefs that rule. it is the Chiefs rule. What rule is that? Because their game with the Buffalo Bills was the reason that the rule changed. So we're talking so that they both, know so, because they've been through it before. So, so to my point, we're talking about touch the ball in overtime, right? Yeah. That's the Chiefs guys. rule? That's what you're referring to? It's, it's not. It's the new overtime Scraby's rule for mis- the playoffs. Scraby, you're mistaken here a little bit. And here's where you're Getting mistaken. Chris. Before... <laughs> Before the Chiefs-Bills game, a couple years ago, the rule was that if the first team to possess the ball scored a touchdown, the game is over. Yeah. They changed that Mm -hmm. because the Chiefs scored a touchdown and Buffalo never got the ball. Exactly. But that rule, that rule was not applied in the Super Bowl because the 49ers did not score a touchdown. They scored a field goal. They kicked a field goal. So they understand that. that the... But that okay. So under those rules of a field goal, the Super Bowl was played under the same rules as every other regular season game in the NFL this year, which is if you kick a field goal, the other team gets the ball. No, I I, I understand. That's not a rule. I understand that, but it was so actually nothing new was applied nothing. in the Super Bowl. Nothing but at all. What I'm trying to say here is that there was obviously some confusion with many people other than just one player. Just the 49ers. Just your team. Well, the guy, the the referee flipped the coin, and he said, we are, or he didn't actually flip the coin, but he said, we're going to start a new game. And I was like, whoa, this is confusing. Fred Warner looked confused. You think the so the referees to blame for using the word? We're starting a new game. Did you know Bill Vinovich was also the referee on the game when the 49ers lost to the Chiefs in 2020? So, he's a good referee. He keeps getting back to the Super Bowl. Did you know Bowl. that Bill Vinovich also could very well be doing tonight's Aztec Colorado State basketball game? No, that's insane. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know that he is, but I do know that he is a Mountain West Conference basketball official. Wow. wow. I did not know that. 
that would well, be crazy see, to see that guy calling that a foul. Changes, like, Wait, I, that kind of changes my perspective on I this thing like, a little bit, knowing how yeah, the Mountain West right. officials can be sometimes. Do you that's think exactly right, Tony. that that was actually Eric Curry in disguise as Bill Vinovich at the Super Bowl? <laughs> Eric Curry took the game away from you, Scraper. We finally figured it out. My goodness. This, this is all making sense now. This is all making sense yeah, now. Well, see? with that said... We're going to try a segment called Fair or Unfair, and we're going to kind of throw some... You got some, some music? Well, I got to go to traffic first, and then we'll hit the music. Oh, okay. So uh, stick with us. Here's some traffic. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, here we go. We'll see if this works, and if it does, we'll make it a more regular thing. But so far, I'll tell you one thing: it sure started off with drama. That music coming in. <laughs> oh yes, yes, very much drama in this segment. Yeah. So basically, I'm going to bring up some things that I've seen in the news, and it could be like a media. We're trying to make it about if the media is fair or unfair to a certain player or coach, but. Here are some of the stories today. We're going to work into what we think is the best for this segment. But the first one was a hilarious story from Boomer Esiason. So he has a show on our station Friday night. I don't think anymore because the NFL season's over, but it was at 7 p.m. And he was telling this story about how Randy Moss was booked on their radio show. and Or no, it was actually CBS Sports. And so Randy Moss was supposed to be there, and they're looking around for Randy Moss. They're looking around for Randy Moss. And Randy Moss shows up. Not the Randy Moss that we all thought it was. (laughs) I got this same email from this guy who was shopping around a guy named Randy Moss. And so Boomer Esiason goes on to say they didn't let him on the show. Of course not. It's not Randy Moss. He's a horse handicapper. (laughs) Yes, there is a Randy Moss who handicaps horses on NBC. But here's the thing. The producer for Boomer Esiason said that it was completely unfair for the booking agency and the way they sold Randy Moss to them. I will say, 
I got the same email, and you I almost jumped you thought out it was, of my chair. Wait, did you think it was Randy Moss, the the football player, yes. because of how the email yes. was written, or because you just thought Randy Moss? No, I well, I saw Randy Moss in the title, and I was like, yes, please, let me click on this. And then I was looking through it, and I was like, I think, oh, I'm not sure. I, I think this it is like It wasn't that easy so to determine, I, Yeah, basically. so then I Googled Randy Moss, horse. <laughs> and it ended up with the horse handicapper. You better be careful putting in, yeah, be careful putting in those words. Yeah, that is, that is weird. So I want you guys to say if it was fair or unfair for the producer to be mad at the booking agency because I can see you guys in this situation crushing me for this. So uh, Tony, fair or unfair to for, be mad? This is from the producer's from standpoint. From the producer's standpoint. I mean, based on what you said, I'm going to say it's unfair. Okay. Now, it's true. You probably would get crushed on the show. But then, in, you know, when we went to commercial break, we'd be like, man, what, what happened? Did you really think? We, get, thought it was the we would get to the bottom of it, and then <laughs> we'd figure out that I think it's probably unfair. The fact that you read the same thing same and email. you weren't. I, I'm pretty sure no matter what they look like, I don't care if they look dead on each other. If one is a horse handicapper <laughs> and the other is a Hall of Fame wide receiver, somewhere in that email, oh, it does, it, but it, it's it, hidden. It should be. Oh, it's it's hidden. It's not. Was it hidden. like small script? No, but it's like there's no picture on it. Usually, there's a picture of who you're going to have. But on it's your written show. in there. But it's in there that he's a horse handicapper. No, it, well, then, no. And so Boomer Sison said maybe Randy Moss has gotten into horse handicap- I'm, handicapping. Okay, I'm going okay, okay, to say that this is completely fair. Then. Not unfair to the producer. I it was see written if I can in have there. This email still. If it was written in there, your part of your job is to kind of, especially if you're going to reach out to this person. I actually drafted an email back to this person. I just found it. I said, "Hey, Jeremy, thanks for the offer. We're not going to be on site, but we would love to do it by phone if that's a possibility." And then I went back to make sure that it was like something, <laughs> something I really in wanted. There was telling you. In your mind. Okay, here. I'm going to read the email. Okay, boom. Here we go. Matt, just wanted to check in and see if you will be on site for Las Vegas the Super Bowl week and if you would be interested in having current NBC Sports broadcaster and former NFL Network broadcaster and reporter Randy Moss on any of the fan shows to talk about the big game. Oh, uh, so he did kind of play some word That's games there. That's a little there. misleading. That's very That's misleading. misleading. For then, sure. Yeah. He... Uh, then it goes into a second paragraph, and it says Randy can talk intricately, intricately about football. He covered at NFL Network from 2008 to 2021. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And as a handicapper and analyst for NBC Sports horse racing coverage. Listen. So it's in the second paragraph. I, I'll tell you what. There, yes. are, there are, Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with Chris. That, that's very misleading. And when, you know, let's be real. Randy is... Uh, He's got some loot, right? He what do you say? Straight cash, homie. He could he can he could take up a hobby like handicapping horses. Now I don't know that he should be working for NBC based yeah, on that. Yeah, at this but point in time. If life. the football stuff throws you completely off. In the right first there. line, that's why I started drafting it back and then I actually yeah. for the for once I read the rest of the email. He he yeah, it's a little misleading, even with the the horse stuff in there. <laughs> so Chris, what do you think? Well, number one, this is a major Fugazi attempt by the uh, the PR the agency, agent. who's yeah, like, "Oh, I, I got so. Randy Moss. Oh, wait, actually, I have the horse yeah. betting Randy Moss." Oh no, you almost you almost fell for the banana and the I did. tailpipe. And, I did. And had you done so, I, I think I would have understood. But having said that, uh, the Breeders' Cup is coming to Del Mar, and I think with that in mind, you ought to 
establish a connection with this Randy Moss because I think it would be beneficial to actually have him on our show at some point. <laughs> I, I I can find his contact info, but. I'm well, pretty sure they took a lot go. of heat for that because, I mean, Boomer Esiason yeah, said I mean, they his, wouldn't let the guy on the show. The, the, my man should change his email up a little bit. Maybe remove the the NFL stuff out of there. Maybe put in the yeah. first current horse betting broadcaster. Or, or how about in parentheses? Not the Hall of Fame wide receiver. <laughs> or something. <laughs> how about something along those those lines? I mean, it sounds good when you're on NFL Network. I don't. Even, I honestly don't remember a Randy Moss on NFL Network until 2021. I do. But, I remember okay. him on there. All right. Yeah, he was a studio host for a while. So it's not a lie. He did He did work for ESPN. Yeah, he did. The NFL Network. Um, all right. All right, NFL Network. Sorry. So that was the first one. I'm glad I remembered that because I was cracking up knowing this on Friday when I was listening to Boomer Sice and explain it. But here's the real reason I kind of thought about this segment because I came across an article in SFGate, which is a San Francisco website, and the title of the article says this. 49ers Shanahan planned for post-Super Bowl handshake better than he did for overtime. And the story goes in that I guess Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan did not shake hands after the game on Sunday. People noticed this. People crushed Kyle Shanahan for this, saying he was a poor sport. Well, I guess on Monday before the game, they decided they were not going to shake hands either way after the game because Kyle Shanahan waited 25 minutes after the last Super Bowl waiting to shake Andy Reid's hand as he was being taken in a million different directions. Kyle Shanahan said it was a little awkward standing there for 25 minutes after I just won the Super Bowl waiting to shake her, lost it, lost it, waiting (laughs) to shake his hand. So, and then it goes into that Kyle Shanahan blew the game because he cared more about what happens with the handshake than finding out what was going on in overtime. Say, And the article cites a bunch of players saying they weren't sure what was going on here. They they weren't sure what the overtime rules were. Long story short, Chris, unfair or fair or unfair, this article about Kyle Shanahan? Well, on the surface, it seems very unfair. However, there was some new information that came to light today. And I believe that that information stated that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs yeah. had already made up their mind yes, that yes. on the second possession, had the 49ers scored a touchdown, mm-hmm. the Chiefs, with a touchdown, would have gone for the two-point conversion to try to win the game. If that is true, and Kyle Shanahan had thought it out with that in mind, he would have never taken the ball first. I don't think he did. Because the reason he took the ball first is because he wanted it on the third possession, right? But if the Chiefs are going to go for two, there's no way there would have been a third possession. So... I think in this case, Kyle Shanahan may have hoodwinked himself and outthought himself. I don't disagree with you. Tony, fair or unfair? I think it's unfair. <clears throat> because, A, this the, this whole title that he was more prepared for what was going to happen in a the handshake. handshake. <laughs> First of all, he's already been through it once. So yeah. he knows that that's a thing that can happen. Yeah. In terms of the the, the overtime rule, I saw that. Uh, I think Chris Jones made it known that they were going to go for it regardless. Yeah, but there's it's really easy to say would, after the game. Not only that, why would they? They wouldn't say that beforehand anyway. So I don't know how Kyle Shanahan would have known it. And quite frankly, I don't know that it changed anything because here's what we're talking about today, right? Why did he, you know, def- or why did he decide to take the ball first? Yeah. If he had known that they were going to go for two. And they let's say they don't get the two. 
So it doesn't matter about the third possession. They're they're going away championship champions at that point. Guess who we're killing today? Andy Andy Reid. Yeah. We are crushing. Here's my, him. here's my here's my only thing, Tony. I think after all the hellabaloo of this Super Bowl, with this happening for the first time, I think in future occasions, oh for sure, every single team will take the ball second. Yeah. Sure. I don't think another team will ever take the ball first again. This had to happen first, though, yeah. in order for that yes. sediment to now this is the be, you might be right. Be, yes. be to take hold. Because at this point, That's right. everybody, maybe with the exception of the Chiefs because they've already been through it, would have been like, we're taking this ball, we're going to score, and this, this is going to be a done deal. I, I'm going to ask you guys in the Big Five about this two-point conversion, but I have a feeling that they've had a play. I told this to Tony before the show. They've had a play for six, seven years that they haven't probably, used yet. That would have worked. <laughs> so, um, Last one real quick, and it's fair or unfair. It's between Sauce Gardner and cornerback Charvarius Ward of the 49ers. Sauce Gardner... After the Chiefs won the game, uh, tweeted out, I told you all the Niners might look better on paper, but the Chiefs always find a way. And then Charvarius Ward was not happy with this. Tough to be talking like that when your team was as bad as they were. Charvarius Ward said, uh, Boy, you ain't sniffed. (laughs) Boy, you bleep ain't sniffed the playoffs you watching from the couch. Worry about the sorry bleep Jets. I knew that that would get in the craw a little bit. So fair or unfair for Charvarius Ward to clap back? Oh, that's that's a thousand percent fair. It's tough. To, it was a good response. It's too. A tough to be the peanut gallery when your team was. Would they finish? Uh, They're in the lottery, ain't they? They're in like the the, yeah. the 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 percentage of they teams did not that, finish yeah. well. It's tough to be talking about. I told you so when your team was <laughs> was absolute garbage this year. Yeah, Chris, fair or unfair? Uh, totally fair. Totally fair. But he, I will say this: that last play that the Chiefs ran. I don't know if you guys noticed this. That's the exact same play they won, ran to beat the yep. Eagles at the end of the game last year. Corn dog. Two, yeah, last year. Same damn play. The guy, the receiver cuts in, then on the snap, he cuts back out. Amazing. Impossible to stop, apparently. <sighs> I, I, I apparently. swear to you, I screamed. The flat the is open! The flat is open! <laughs> <laughs> I thought I heard you. And then I realized in that moment when I saw him running towards the sideline without a guy going with him, I, it was I knew over. it was over. It was I over. knew it was over. I was just hoping that Patrick Mahomes like made a mistake and like threw it behind him or something, or he dropped it. He's the GOAT. The Chiefs were so average during the year, during the regular season. They had no business uh, being You know there. the scary part is? They they won a Super Bowl and they looked, as you said, very average all year. I can't imagine them having a second another season in which they look that average. I, I can't either. I can't. Either. The Patriots did not go seventeen and zero every year. No, they no, didn't. You're won a right. Super Bowl. You're right. Didn't. And the Bulls did not have the best record every year. They won under Jordan. Also Sorry to true. cut you off, Chris. Versus the fans. Up next, eight three three two eight eight zero nine seven three. Call right in. It's you know Peter's. You know, a person who's, who's who's an angel right now for us, looking over us right now, and um, you know, it's it's obviously a devastating loss that we that we had. Um, you know, not just for for this organization, but for the city and for his family and for everyone that that he's impacted in his life. Um, you know, Peter was a tremendous person who's uh, you know cared about a lot of people, loved a lot of people, and um, you know, it's definitely a, a big impact in this organization where 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 it started to now where we're at now. So, um, you know, it's gonna be a person that we that we, we deeply missed and. Um, 
you know, but he's looking over us now, and um, you know, he's, he he wanted us to be great, and we're going to continue to, you know, uh, you know, preach preach his dreams, which is to bring a championship to the city of San Diego, and um, you know, continue making this this city great. That was Manny Machado uh, speaking on Peter Seidler, the Padres owner, who passed away here this off season, and uh, I'm sure that's going to be um, something that comes up again as we get closer to the season. I'm sure as guys come in, this question, uh, Peter is going to be at the forefront when the Padres come home uh, or when they have opening day in Korea, he will be at the forefront when they have opening day. And, you know, of course, he's going to have a patch on the Padres uniforms. So he he is going to be at the forefront uh, for for all of this 2024 season for sure. And um, that's the Padres, you know, Lead dog right there, uh, standing up speaking on it. And it's probably the first statements we've been able to hear from Manny since the passing of Peter Seidler. Yeah, I, I learned more and more about what Peter Seidler meant to a lot of these guys because Peter Seidler wasn't wasn't just a boss. He, he seemed nah. like he was a, a mentor and he helped grow them into who they are today, kind of thing. A little bit. You'd be a fool if he ever summoned you to the office or asked you to come by and hang with him, and, and you didn't go. Because uh, well, he's not, the boss. So. Not for any reason, any <laughs> other reason than you were missing out on an opportunity to to gain some knowledge or grab one of the jewels he was handing out. You know, and not like physical, jewel? not oh, physical okay. jewels. Some, you know, something for you to kind of put away and, and use later. I will. I will never forget what Je- uh, Jesse Agler said when he came on our show that day when we were talking about the passing of Peter Seidler. And he said he was just um, doing a show, or he was trying to find his way as a San Diego Padres broadcaster and. Peter Seidler emailed him and said that he was walking on the beach and he was listening to the broadcast and he thought he did a really good job. And Jesse remembers that being something that he's carried with him ever since. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, it's first, you know, on, on on the Padres baseball front, it's nice to know, nice to hear that um, Manny seemingly is tracking well and, and getting back. I mean, the fact that he's already took some ground balls and throwing, that's, that's that's some positivity right there. They you sold me. He's Wolverine. Uh, well, he sold us that he he's did. Wolverine. Um, he did. You know, for for those who don't know, especially when it comes to elbow shoulder stuff, like you don't get to play catch like on the field until you have played like regular catch, like you know, sixty feet, oh. ninety feet, one twenty. So he's been doing that. So apparently. clearly, if he's throwing. Taking ground balls thrown across the diamond, my guess is he's already past that portion of the rehab, which makes sense, right? Because if he's going to be tracking for uh, a, a month, season basically, opener, basically five a months, that's that would tell you that he's definitely he he's had to have already gone through that. This Love is just it. a build up now. Um, will he play games before that, or will opening day be the? Uh, Opening day won't be his first swings if he's there. I was just about to say, is is Manny good enough to just go in cold to a, uh, he, he a live is, game? He is good enough to go in cold, but he probably wouldn't. Yeah. He'll probably, even if the at-bats aren't on the big league side, it's going to be in some type of controlled environment initially. Simulated game. And then he'll have some A-Bs maybe where he's running the bases, and that'll determine if he's uh, ready for uh 
opening day in Korea. One of my favorite things about spring training is that the first couple days, the players are just doing the the, the drills that no one seems to want to do. Like, they're they're tedious. The bases. Right. Oh. Well, <laughs> it, you know, it's different now. They, they'll call the minor league, but minor league guys over to run the bases. But it used to be the outfield were outfielders were the guinea pigs. So we, you know, our conditioning was basically being the runners for the infielders during their cuts and relays, whatever it may be. Then they wisened up. It's like, why are we having big league outfielders do this? Why don't we just call the minor league uh, outfielders oh. or our infielders, for that matter, have them run? Little drills like that are the reason caused, I'm glad I'm not like good at sports. Then that always causes a stare because then, you know, as a minor league, what are you trying to do when you get a chance to go run the bases on the big league side? You're going to go crazy. You're going to try to show out. Yeah. So, and that made the job a little bit more, more difficult for the big leaguers a lot of times. We're just trying to actually just get through this. And, yeah. These they already don't want to be you. these guys are freaking going full tilt around the bases. <laughs> I always thought that would be that was a funny because as an outfitter, I got to just watch once they started to bring in the minor leaguers over, and just watching the frustration build over time was <laughs> was quite hilarious. All right, uh, we got a daily gamble to get to. Do you like money? I think about money a lot. Do you like money without doing anything? Uh, duh, winning. Do you want to make money while watching sports? I think Washington is immortal luck. Washington! Woohoo! If you answered yes, this is your segment. Just don't blame us when you lose. Nothing is ever your fault. It's your game. Take it. Gwen and Chris go through the top bets of the day in The Daily Gambit on 97.3 The Fan. First of all, I'm extremely upset with myself. Uh-oh. We've now been an hour into this show, and I did not send congratulations uh-huh. to my friend, Jenny Kavnar, who is now the first ever, yep. ever, play-by-play announcer on a full-time basis Yep, for the Oakland Athletics. Love it. Love it. It's. I mean, I can't think of someone who deserves it more. Jenny and I go back to when I first got traded here as a Padre. We go back even further than that, actually. But happy for... And it also comes on the same day that there are talks of, an, of a lease extension in Oakland. Wait, whoa, whoa. This is news to me. Yeah, no, it just came across my phone. Team meeting with Oakland officials about lease extension at the Coliseum through 2027. That doesn't help anything. The Coliseum is barely standing at this point. It is. Do you feel comfortable broadcasting a game in that stadium? I don't, but... (laughs) There's a possum that lives above your head. You're saying there's a chance is how I view this. I, yeah, okay. I will. I'm I'm a fan of this. I want the A's to stay in Oakland. It's kind of funny how all of a sudden hey, Las what, Vegas. Let me ask you this: Would you rather them lease the rest of their time until they move to Vegas somewhere else? Yeah, you would. You rather them just kick Oakland to the curb this right is now? The equi- that would be the equivalent to me as firing someone and saying we we really appreciate. I don't all know their that Oakland looks at it like that. They they certainly wants they them, certainly took it. the meeting. They could have been like, nah, man, get out. Well, maybe the meeting was to see if they can maybe talk about something for the future uh, as well as this lease. But if I'm a fan, I'm just like, get out of here, go. You don't want to be here. Why are you still here? It's goodbye. That's another way to look at it for sure. 
that John Fisher guy is... He is something else, isn't he? He is something mm. else. Mm. <laughs> don't, don't, don't play into my anger. I was talking to an A's friend over the... A's fan friend. I'm sorry, friend. I'm over here sounding like Grisello. Yeah, yeah. Wheezing into the mic. <laughs> I apologize, everybody. Oh I don't know if I'm God. coming down with something, but... Um, I can tell you, uh, there was someone in here yesterday with uh, some some snifflies going on. He's not here to defend himself, so go ahead. Uh, well, I said, Chris, are you sick? And he's like, nah, I just got a little sniffle going on. I'm like, that means... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll bring this back up when he is on the show. Daily Gambit, we made four bets last night. It was Duke... And I forget who they played, but they, they were played Wake Forest. Your team. They were Wake seven Forest. point favorites in the game Duke was. We all chose Duke. Duke won 77 69, so eight points. So we all win that one. Texas Tech. They minus tried to three keep it close. They did. Wake Forest was in that game. They were under eight for a long time, and then it just. We had it in on the uh, screen in studio, and I was watching that like a hawk. Texas Tech minus three and a half point spread over Kansas. And you guys chose Kansas. That is correct, is that, Tony. Is that score correct? Texas Tech won seventy-nine to fifty, and uh, Bill Self was. Oh, he ejected. got ejected. I saw that. So once I saw the headline of Bill Self was ejected, I'm like, first it's not time going ever well. as a Kansas Kansas Jayhawk. I think. Really? Yeah. Is he known as a guy who gets hey, ejected? Not, not really. Not oh, okay. Really. Uh, I guess we should have we should have known that that game was at Texas Tech, wasn't yeah, it? I yeah, I chose Texas Tech. We were talking about we were, the road teams yes, coming we in. Were. It was Chris's own observation, and it's been a good observation for a, a little observation. bit now. But it, it doesn't just seemed work too anymore. good to be true to go back to it. Yeah, USC women's basketball team, eleven and a half point favorites last night. They won by seventeen, eighty-one, sixty-four. We all took USC. Final one. LA Clippers minus four and a half point spread against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Tony and I chose Minnesota, and Chris chose the Clippers. Minnesota wins one twenty one one hundred. How so, about a three and one joint for four me? And o, baby. Four and zero oh for you. Two and two for Crisella. Oh yeah, <laughs> it makes me smile inside a little bit when you say two and two for Crisello. This hour is brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Now Charlie Hoffman is in the Genesis. We talked to him yesterday. If you missed the interview. Go listen to a guy who is extremely happy about what he did on Sunday. Uh, you can go to 97.3 The Fan SD. But if you want him as a winner, Tony, in this tournament, plus 15,000 odds, top five plus 2,800, and then pl- top 10 plus 1,000. So those are the odds on Charlie Hoffman. Getting some respect from the odds makers. Uh, we don't have any actually bets to make tonight, but I wanted to talk about some of the baseball bets coming up. And the National League. Wait, M- fi- plus 15,000 to win it? To win. Oh, that's great odds. I'd take that. Put down a hundred. He's playing good. He's, He's feeling good. Rolling in the money right I, there, I might baby. Even that's go top a good. 10. That's a good one, dog. I might go top ten because winning is is tough to pick a winner out of a field of a hundred. It is, but <laughs> at plus fifteen thousand, it'd be worth it. That is worth it. It is. Um, and by the way, I've been thinking about betting on the 49ers for the Super Bowl next year, just to stick it to you guys. You would, but at the end, would you really be sticking it to us in the end? Um, as the way your team performs? I think so. Oh, you think so, huh? I think so. They have yet to prove you right on this. Uh, they have yet to prove me right. I think the last team that lost the Super Bowl and then won a Super Bowl was in like the 70s or something. So that's pretty, I'm just pretty saying, difficult. At the end of the day, they'll still have to go through Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, they will. <laughs> but he's going to falter it. Tom At some Brady point, right? lost Super Bowls, too. You just got to gamble and hope it's the year that your team is in. God, it's 
Betting story gets hurt. That's really the only way it's going to happen. He doesn't get hurt either. That's right. He doesn't. He dislocated his knee one time, and then he ended up playing like the next week. (laughs) It was annoying. Uh, So betting on the Super Bowl, more than $185.6 million was bet on Super Bowl 58 within the Nevada State Sportsbooks, which is the most ever. I'm surprised. I guess it was only in-game betting that they're taking right here, but it makes sense. Everybody in town to watch the Super Bowl, they're going to have betting going on. I mean, dude, I saw the traffic. On the main street, oh. you know the street that you that is on the same as the fount, the Bellagio fountains, and you know it's the main street. They didn't move for it looked like hours. Cars looked like they were just, I mean, crawling. And now we know why Tommy Fan left the game early. Tommy was like, "I'm out," and he was smart. You leave at halftime, you're beating all the traffic. You're all getting, you're getting home. You're getting home. Because Tommy was up with his feet up and his nice house shoes. <laughs> Watching the rest of the game, man. That's 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 where I would have loved to have been, right there. There's, Tommy's out. There's one thing that keeps me away from going to live events, and it's the crowd getting out. 100%. I'm not a fan of it. I don't know. I've been to a lot of NBA games. I don't know that I've ever stayed for the fourth quarter on any of them. Maybe one. You I'm, almost. I'm getting out. I don't. I would rather find out who won the game in the car <sighs> than to be in traffic. Trying to get out, celebrating how awesome the end of the game was. I left the Chargers game one time when they were down by like twenty one, and I I can't remember when it was, but they ended up coming back, and I felt so much FOMO. I just hope that my team is up ten with two minutes to go. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Are we talking just NBA? I'm talking really anything that has a lot of people getting out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They also did that whole F one thing, which angered all the residents as well. So. Vegas is really taking on some big events. Like, these are massive It's Vegas, events. baby. It is. This is what they do. Um, FanDuel said they had the most bets ever on the Super Bowl, $307 million. Let me ask you a question. Yes. We know the sports bettors. How many Swifties mm. do you think are also sports bettors? Awesome. Great. I'm only asking because of the numbers that we're going to get into a little bit later. I don't think teen girls can bet. So, and I'm serious. And I, that's, and are that's, we just only only teenagers? No, definitely not only. I mean, there's there's got to be some. I mean, I'm a fan of Taylor Swift, so I can, I'm not necessarily a Swifty, but I uh, that's a good that's a good point. I bet you there was some some influx of bets because of Swifties in town or watching the game or something like that. That's. Man, the Taylor Swift effect is real. We're going to get into it. What time are we get into that? The Taylor Swift effect? Yeah. Uh, big five. Big five. Big five. So All we right. got a little bit. Real quick, the odds on favorite for National League MVP, Ronald Acuna Jr., plus 550. Not going back. Fernando back. Tatis Jr., plus 1,000. So that's Take a good bet right, right there. Take it right now because it's only going to go lower. It will. Um, I don't know what I put that one in there for, actually. Oh, most home runs. I'm sorry. Most home runs in the season, the odds on favor, Aaron Judge plus 350, Fernando Tatis Jr. plus 1,900, Matt Olson second with plus 600. Hey, I bet you right now my man David Purdom, Purdom? sports betting reporter, they just showed a picture of you-know-who. I bet you he's talking about the effect it had on all sports betting. Well, I'll tell you what the effect it had. In 2022, it was $6 million less. So Swifties are $6 million. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. They are showing it's got to be about that. Yeah. It, it, and it was the most it's just insane what 
happened this season in the NFL. Um, it's a shame. Yeah, right. Not for no, I said it's insane. Oh, insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. With all of the people that were watching this year. Uh, most strikeouts in a season. Blake Snell. I, the reason I bring this up, Blake Snell is on the list at plus 1,400. He doesn't have a team yet, so maybe you take that bet right there and you, you go with it. Uh, Manny Machado, regular season total home runs. You know what? I'm going to do these when Chris is here because we are running well, out of time. Well, that's good because he uh, is texting you like crazy right now. So let's get to break. We'll bring Chris on on the other side. But first. <laughs> Wait, hold on. He just said we got to say this before he gets on the air. And he doesn't know that a, a StreamYard link is different every single day. Right. So he's logged on to a waiting room with no one in it. Because <laughs> it's from yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> so it's yesterday's waiting room. I'll have to send him a new link. These are the... Chris Ello Chronicles when he's on the road. It's amazing. <laughs> More Gwyn and Chris on I, the He's side. trying. He's trying. Here's some traffic. Gwyn and Chris. Chris Ello is here. I will bring him up on the board in just one second. He has made his way. And you know what? I'm going to give Chris props because A, he used a crossing the finger emoji, and B, he figured out how to get on StreamYard, although I forgot to tell him that he can't actually use StreamYard. So then he had to get on another app, and everything is all good. So thank you, Chris, for jumping through those hoops, man. Doing whatever I can, you know. You know, technically, I'm pretty sound. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, just trying to, just trying to add a little levity to the situation, boys. Scraby, I, I want to read you something. Uh oh. This is a, um, what do you call it? An exchange on X. Oh. You know, are you you know who Jonathan uh, Feliciano is? Yeah. I, He's offensive lineman? For... Offensive lineman for the Niners. Yeah. Uh, I, I think in his attempt to defend another player, ended up taking an axe and chopping down one of his oh, no. fellow players. I'll read you the kind of back and forth. Jonathan Feliciano responding, I assume, to a fan, a quick chop is not needed if the guy that was supposed to block him blocks him. Spencer Buford. You know who that is? Or Burford, excuse me. I know of him, yes. He's, he's, he's another offensive line yeah, yeah, on that, yeah. on that uh, starting yeah. offensive line. Not great, but... He goes, sheesh, I open up my app to this. Get well soon, bro. Oh. Jonathan Feliciano. I'm sorry, bro. I woke up hungover and being... Wait, that's not an excuse. <laughs> I woke up hungover, hungover and being a bleep and trying to have one back... I hurt you. It's effed up, and I apologize. You got nothing but greatness ahead of you. I'm sorry, bro. Fresh Uh-oh, off of 49ers, 49ers <laughs> with some infighting now, Scraby. Fresh thing's going to blow up on you. Fresh off of not even be 48 hours after the game, two teammates taking unexpected fire from or one teammate taking unexpected fire from another. This is this is the uh, this is the front wall right here that is. Taking shots at one another. I'm not going to give in to you because I'm I, just saying, man. You got Brandon Ayuk today sending his subliminals. Oh, we'll get into that. You got offensive oh, line about this. Yeah. Oh, oh we'll get Brandon, into it. Later. Oh, okay. Well, well I, I'll just give you a little piece of it. Brandon Ayuk is basically letting it be known that it's time for extension time, and his expectations are high. 
is what I gather from oh, it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it a little bit later. But all this infighting. What he, I hope. What does he want? A million for each catch he made I, in the Super Bowl? What I hope. Get two? Oh, 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 whoa, 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 whoa! It's not his fault. Coming in hot. <laughs> Coming, Coming in, in hot. I mean, with it, lasers. I actually. Yeah. In I actually. Scraby wants stand to be up paid. for Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I'm sure you guys saw this today. And I, I, when I saw it, I only could hope that both of you guys got like the full feet of it. Did you realize that Travis and Taylor were mic'd up? No. Oh, so you Taylor have, Swift was oh, mic'd so, up. Well, I assume Travis is mic'd up. Oh, so you hear and her. So you get to hear all of it. Oh man, is Noth- it good stuff? Nothing but love, man. I, I actually do believe in their relationship. Nothing it seems love, legit, although she seemed a little scared when he was yelling and screaming like I a crazy mean, person. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not too sure Taylor has been, spent too much time around the type of athlete that he is. Yeah, yeah. She she did look My like, wife oh. had a big concern. My wife was very concerned for Taylor Swift after seeing that Travis-Kelsey exchange with the coach, with Andy Reid. I really tried to calm her fears because I think any great competitor has the ability to blow a gasket once in a while yeah and i really don't think it's a big issue but my wife is worried that if you see it on the field you might see that elsewhere uh, you know as if, if it has concerns if you're not used to that that definitely i can see That's how someone right. could be concerned but nonetheless i yeah. thought you guys you know i'll send it to you so you guys can get I don't need it. the full effect i'll find it one day of trav and taylor <laughs> I'm sure Tra- I'm sure Scrape would love to listen to that in detail. Just Travis Kelsey just do, hey, we play football, we win. Yeah. Viva Las Vegas. No, I did see that. that Viva! Was, that was Viva That's interesting that Chris says that though, because that's not the first time I've heard that from from women. Is that they were concerned for Taylor Swift outside of I'll being in it. front of pit. No, I'm serious. They really were concerned. I mean, I, I know Chris is, I know. Yeah, no, Lori they were concerned. concerned. I mean, but... I don't think that they no, because actually they see that think behavior. They think happen. it might, yeah, they think it might translate off the field. And I, I told her, I said, I don't really think it does. I think he's such a competitor that that was just a moment. Yeah. yeah. But you never know. I mean, people no, do have tempers. Of, well, some people, listen, we, so. we are not um, blind to the, the, domestic issues that we have going on in, in the world, let alone in sports. I mean, it's it's happened more often than, than it needs to, but that doesn't mean in this case that that it pertains no. to, to, to Travis Kelsey. And it, and it, it does there's not no, mean that, There's nothing sure. in his background that says that it does at this point. So nonetheless, uh, exactly. Seattle lets you jump back to the moments you missed on 97.3 The Fan. While you're listening to 97.3 The Fan, you can see what you missed and click to listen on demand. Missed a guest feature or something crazy, you know, like something crazy that Scraby does often. <laughs> Wait, what? That happened earlier. We got you covered. Download the free Odyssey app, search 97 through the fan, and tap earlier today to get started. Uh, we have a break coming up. And since Chris is here, we haven't introduced him to this new mm. fair or unfair yeah. uh, segment we're going to do, Chris. Scraby oh. has uh, come up with this, I think, pretty good idea that we deem Say things. Again, <laughs> you only get one. <laughs> that will deem things either fair or unfair, and it mainly pertains to the media. So when we come back, we'll get into this new fair or unfair. Sit back, relax, and enjoy.
If you love Mediterranean food, try Spiro's for authentic Mediterranean cuisine in Coronado or La Jolla. For dining or takeout options, visit SpirosCuisine.com. Now, there was a false rumor made yesterday that I do not like Mediterranean food by one of you. I can't remember who it was. But I love I Mediterranean food. I love Euros. They're my Chris, favorite. did you say that? Because I don't remember saying that. I didn't say that. Yeah. Um, I, I I think he's you know I think he was just feeling like we were he was under fire yesterday for pretty much everything, which and he often does for no reason. Feels like he's no under reason. fire. He just Are includes that. Yeah, I don't know about no reason. That was how did the uh, Scraby Chronicles go last? night? How did the Chronicles go last night in the wake of the Forty ers defeat? I mean, it went well. I just basically took my I what is it? Took my medicine and just said took your just, lumps. Here's another thing that we didn't talk about that the 49ers lost because of. Trent Williams got back-to-back penalties in the game. He hasn't gotten back-to-back penalties all year. And once Trent Williams is doing that, it's hard it's to... It's bad omen. It's bad omen. Like they get, they get a first down, it's holding. And then it's false start. It's like Trent Williams never false starts. What are you doing? And then you got this whole thing... With, <laughs> never mind. Chris, no. I asked him earlier. I was like, almost... 48 hours since the game started on Sunday. Yeah. How are you feeling? And you could start to see the real scraby bubbling to the surface. Like, he has been pretty calm. Like, remarkably calm, quite frankly, through the first 24 (laughs) hours. But it's starting to creep out. He's had a couple of these, like, outbursts, as he just had there. He started (laughs) to have. That's his second one of the show. Yeah. We're not even two hours in. Yeah. 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 It's it's just a, a pain is you got to let the pain escape, Scrape. I'm trying. You got he, to let the pain escape. You don't want to keep it bottled up in there. He's well, the, re- he's really going through the the was it the stages the five stages. Yeah, the media yes, fair <laughs> fair or unfair. The media is really playing with my anxiety by saying, "Oh, the 49ers are falling apart." He had, the, to... de- he had the denial right after the game. He had acceptance during our show yesterday. Now, what's right. the third one? A grief. Grieve, gr- grieving? He's grieving I'm today. I'm not quite there know. yet. You're I'm, not quite grieving there no, yet? No, I'm, I'm at grieving. the anger stage. Okay. Because anger. Yeah, they should have won anger. that game. And I hate that Patrick Mahomes and that stupid team with the stupid rule named after them or based after them were the only ones in the stadium, apparently, who knew what was going on with the overtime rules. Can you, Chris, he's making a big stink about all both teams being able to touch the ball. And I tried to remind him earlier how... No, 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 that's not was... what I was making a stick about. I was making a stick you said about the, the fact the Chiefs that rule. it is the Chiefs rule. What rule is that? Because their game with the Buffalo Bills was the reason that the rule changed. So we're talking so that they both... know so, because they've been through it before. So, so to my point, we're talking about touch the ball in overtime, right? Yeah, that's the Chiefs rule. That's what you're referring to. It's, it's not it's the new overtime Scraby's rule for mis- the playoffs. Scraby, you're mistaken here a little bit, and here's where you're Getting mistaken, Chris. Before. <laughs> Before the Chiefs-Bills game, a couple years ago, the rule was that if the first team to possess the ball scored a touchdown, the game is over. Yeah. They changed that Mm -hmm. because the Chiefs scored a touchdown and Buffalo never got the ball. Exactly. But that rule, that rule was not applied in the Super Bowl. Because the 49ers did not score a touchdown. They scored a they field goal. They kicked a field goal. So they which I understand that. that the, but that, okay, so under those rules of a field goal, the Super Bowl was played under the same rules as every other regular season game in the NFL this year, which is if you kick a field goal, the other team gets the ball. 
No, I I'm, I understand. That's not a rule. I understand that, but it was so. Actually, nothing new was applied nothing. in the Super Bowl. Nothing but at all. What I'm trying to say here is that there was obviously some confusion with many people other than just one player. Just the 49ers. Just your team. Well, the guy, the the referee flipped the coin and he said, "We are." Or he didn't actually flip the coin, but he said, "We're going to start a new game." And I was like, "Whoa." This is confusing. Fred Warner looked confused. <laughs> you think the so the referees to blame <laughs> for using the word? We're starting a new game. Did you know Bill Vinovich was also the referee on the game when the 49ers lost to the Chiefs in 2020? So Says he's a good referee. He keeps getting back to the Super Bowl. Did you know Bowl. that Bill Vinovich also could very well be doing tonight's Aztec Colorado State basketball game? No, that's insane. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know that he is, but I do know that he is a Mountain West Conference basketball official. Wow. wow. I did not know that. That well, would be crazy to see that guy calling that a foul. Changes, like, that kind of changes my perspective on this like, thing a little bit, knowing how yeah, the Mountain West right. officials can be sometimes. Do you that's think exactly right, Tony. that that was actually Eric Curry in disguise as Bill Vinovich at the Super Bowl? <laughs> Eric Curry took the game away from you, Scraper. We finally figured it out. My goodness. This, this is all making sense now. This is all making sense yeah, now. Well, see? with that said... We're going to try a segment called Fair or Unfair, and we're going to kind of throw some... You got some, some music? Well, I got to go to traffic first, and then we'll hit the music. Oh, okay. So uh, stick with us. Here's some traffic. All right, here we go. We'll see if this works, and if it does, we'll make it a more regular thing. But so fair... I'll tell you one thing. It sure started off with drama, that music coming in. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes, very much drama in this segment. Yeah. So basically, I'm going to bring up some things that I've seen in the news, and it could be like a media... We're trying to make it about if the media is fair or unfair to a certain player or coach, but... Here are some of the stories today. We're going to work into what we think is the best for this segment. But the first one was a hilarious story from Boomer Esiason. So he has a show on our station Friday night. I don't think anymore because the NFL season's over, but it was at 7 p.m. And he was telling this story about how Randy Moss was booked on their radio show. and Or no, it was actually CBS Sports. And so Randy Moss was supposed to be there, and they're looking around for Randy Moss. They're looking around for Randy Moss. And Randy Moss shows up. Not the Randy Moss that we all thought it was. <laughs> I got this same email from this guy who was shopping around a guy named Randy Moss. And so Boomer Esiason goes on to say they didn't let him on the show. Because of course not. It's not Randy Moss. He's a horse handicapper. <laughs> yes, the, there is a Randy Moss who handicaps horses on NBC. But here's the thing. The producer for Boomer Esiason said that it was completely unfair for the booking agency and the way they sold Randy Moss to them. I will say, I got the same email, and I think? almost jumped you thought out it was, of my chair. Wait, did you think it was Randy Moss, the the, the football player, yes. because of how the email yes. was written, or because you just thought Randy Moss? No, I, well, I saw Randy Moss in the title, and I was like, yes, please, let me click on this. And then I was looking through it, and I was like, I think, oh, I'm not sure. I, I think this it is like It wasn't that easy so to determine, I, Yeah, basically. so then I Googled Randy Moss, horse. <laughs> and it ended up with the horse handicapper. You better be careful putting in, yeah, be careful put in those words. Yeah, that, is, that is weird. <laughs> so I want you guys to say if it was fair or unfair for the producer to be mad at the booking agency because I can see you guys in this situation crushing me for this. So uh, Tony, fair or unfair to for, be mad? This is from the producer from standpoint. From the producer standpoint. I mean, based on what you said, I'm going to say it's unfair. Okay. Now, it's true. 
you probably would get crushed on the show. But then, in you know, when we went to commercial break, we'd be like, man, what what happened? Did you really think? We get, thought it was the we would get to boss. the bottom of it, and then <laughs> we'd figure out that I think it's probably unfair. The fact that you read the same thing same and email. you weren't. I, I'm pretty sure no matter what they look like, I don't care if they look dead on each other. If one is a horse handicapper <laughs> and the other is a Hall of Fame wide receiver, somewhere in that email. Oh, it does, it, but it, it's, it's hidden. It, it should be. Oh, it's it's hidden. It's not it like hidden. small script. No, but it's like there's no picture on it. Usually there's a picture of who you're going to have but on your show. But it's written in there. But it's in there that he's a horse handicapper. No, well, then, no. And so Boomer Sison said maybe Randy Moss has gotten into horse handicap- I'm, handicapping. Okay. I'm going okay, to say Boomer. that this is completely fair then. Not unfair to the producer. I it was see written if I can in have there. This email still. If it was written in there, your part of your job is to kind of, especially if you're going to reach out to this person. I actually drafted an email back to this person. I just found it. I said, "Hey, Jeremy, thanks for the offer. We're not going to be on site, but we would love to do it by phone if that's a possibility." And then I went back to make sure that it was like something, <laughs> something I really in wanted. There was telling you. In your mind. Okay, here. I'm going to read the email. Okay, boom. Here we go. Matt, just wanted to check in and see if you will be on site for Las Vegas the Super Bowl week and if you would be interested in having current NBC sports broadcaster and former NFL Network broadcaster and reporter Randy Moss on any of the fan shows to talk about the big game. Oh, uh, so he did kind of play some word That's games there. That's a little there. misleading. That's very That's misleading. misleading. For then, sure. Yeah. He... Uh, then it goes into a second paragraph, and it says Randy can talk intricately, intricately about football. He covered at NFL Network from 2008 to 2021. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And as a handicapper and analyst for NBC Sports horse racing coverage. Listen. So dude, it's in the second paragraph. I, I'll tell you what. There, yes. are, there are, Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with Chris. That, that is very misleading. And when, you know, let's be real. Randy is... Uh, He's got some loot, right? He what do you say? Straight cash, homie. He could he can he can take up a hobby like handicapping horses. Now I don't know that he should be working for NBC based yeah, on that. Yeah, at this but point in time. If the life. football stuff throws you completely off. In the right first there. line, that's why I started drafting it back, and then I actually yeah. for the for once I read the rest of the email. He he yeah, it's a little misleading, even with the the horse stuff in there. <laughs> so Chris, what do you think? Well, number one, this is a major Fugazi attempt by the uh, the PR the agency, agent. who's yeah, like, yeah, "Oh, I, I got so. Randy Moss." Oh, wait, actually, I have the horse yeah. betting Randy Moss. Oh no, you almost you almost fell for the banana in the I did. tailpipe. And, I did, and had you done so, I, I think I would have understood. But having said that, uh, the Breeders' Cup is coming to Del Mar, and I think with that in mind, you ought to. Establish a connection with this Randy Moss because I think it would be beneficial to actually have him on our show at some point. (laughs) I I I can find his contact info, but I'm pretty sure they took a lot of heat for that because I mean Boomer Sison said they wouldn't let the guy on the show. My man should change his email up a little bit. Maybe remove the the NFL stuff out of there. Maybe put in the first current horse betting broadcaster. Or or how about in parentheses? Not the Hall of Fame wide receiver. <laughs> or something. <laughs> How about something along those those lines? I mean, it sounds good when you're on NFL Network. I don't. Even, I honestly don't remember a Randy Moss on NFL Network until 2021. I do. But... I remember okay. him on there. All right. Yeah, he was a studio host for a while. So it's not a lie. He did He did work for ESPN. Yeah, he did. The NFL Network. 
Um, all right. All right, NFL Network. Sorry. So that was the first one. I'm glad I remembered that because I was cracking up knowing this on Friday when I was listening to Boomer Sison explain it. But here's the real reason I kind of thought about this segment because I came across an article in SFGate, which is a San Francisco website, and the title of the article says this. 49ers Shanahan planned for post-Super Bowl handshake better than he did for overtime. And the story goes in that I guess Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan did not shake hands after the game on Sunday. People noticed this. People crushed Kyle Shanahan for this, saying he was a poor sport. Well, I guess on Monday before the game, they decided they were not going to shake hands either way after the game because Kyle Shanahan waited 25 minutes after the last Super Bowl waiting to shake Andy Reid's hand as he was being taken in a million different directions. Kyle Shanahan said it was a little awkward standing there for 25 minutes after I just won the Super Bowl waiting to shake her, lost, lost, lost it, waiting <laughs> to shake his hand. So, And then it goes into that Kyle Shanahan blew the game because he cared more about what happens with the <coughs> handshake than finding out what was going on in overtime. Say, and the article cites a bunch of players saying they weren't sure what was going on here. They, they weren't sure what the overtime rules were. Long story short, Chris, unfair or fair or unfair, this article about Kyle Shanahan? Well, on the surface, it seems very unfair. However, there was some new information that came to light today. And I believe that that information stated that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs had already made up their mind that on the second possession, had the 49ers scored a touchdown, Mm -hmm. the Chiefs with a touchdown, would have gone for the two-point conversion to try to win the game. If that is true, and Kyle Shanahan had thought it out with that in mind, he would have never taken the ball first. I don't think he did. The reason he took the, reason he took the ball first is because he wanted it on the third possession, right? But if the Chiefs are going to go for two, there's no way there would have been a third possession. So... I think in this case, Kyle Shanahan may have hoodwinked himself and outthought himself. I don't disagree with you. Tony, fair or unfair? I think it's unfair. <clears throat> because, A, this, this whole title that he was more prepared for what was going to happen in a the handshake. handshake. <laughs> First of all, he's already been through it once. So yeah. he knows that that's a thing that can happen. Yeah. In terms of the the, the overtime rule, I saw that. Uh, I think Chris Jones made it known that they were going to go for it regardless. Yeah, but there's it's really easy to say would, after the game. Not only that, why would they? They wouldn't say that beforehand anyway. So I don't know how Kyle Shanahan would have known it. And quite frankly, I don't know that it changed anything because here's what we're talking about today, right? Why did he, you know, def- or why did he decide to take the ball first? Yeah. If he had known that they were going to go for two. And they let's say they don't get the two. It doesn't matter about the third possession. They're they're going away championship champions at that point. Guess who we're killing today? Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Yeah. We are crushing. Here's my, him. here's my here's my only thing, Tony. I think after all the hellabaloo of this Super Bowl, with this happening for the first time, I think in future occasions, oh for sure, every single team will take the ball second. Yeah. Sure. I don't think another team will ever take the ball first again. This had to happen first, though, yeah. in order for that yes. sediment to now this is the be, might be right be, yes. be to take hold. Because at this point, That's right. everybody, maybe with the exception of the Chiefs, because they've already been through it, would have been like, "We're taking this ball. We're going to score, and this, this is going to be a done deal." 
I, I, I'm going to ask you guys in the Big Five about this two-point conversion, but I have a feeling that they've had a play. I told this to Tony before the show. They've had a play for six, seven years that they haven't Probably. used yet. That would have worked. <laughs> so, um, Last one, real quick, and it's fair or unfair. It's between Sauce Gardner and cornerback Traverius Ward of the 49ers. Sauce Gardner... After the Chiefs won the game, uh, tweeted out, I told you all the Niners might look better on paper, but the Chiefs always find a way. And then Charvarius uh, Ward was not t- happy with this. Tough to be talking like that when your team was as bad as they were. Char- Charvarius Ward said, uh, I'm Bruh. Boy, you ain't oh, sniffed. Boy. <laughs> you, boy, you bleep ain't sniffed the playoffs you watching from the couch. Worry about the sorry bleep Jets. I knew that, I knew that would get in the crawl a little bit. So, fair yeah. or unfair for Charvarius Ward to clap back? Oh, that's that's a thousand percent fair. It's tough. To, it was a good response. It's too. A tough to be the peanut gallery when your team was. Would they finish? Uh, They're in the lottery, ain't they? They're in like the the, yeah. the, the the percentage of they did teams not that, finish yeah. well. It's tough to be talking about. I told you so when your team was <laughs> was absolute garbage this year. Yeah, Chris, fair or unfair? Uh, totally fair, totally fair. But he, I will say this: that last play that the Chiefs ran. I don't know if you guys noticed this. That's the exact same play they won, ran to beat the yep. Eagles at the end of the game last year. Corn dog. Two, yeah, last year. Same damn play. The guy, the receiver cuts in, then on the snap, he cuts back out. Amazing. Impossible to stop, apparently. <sighs> I, I, I swear apparently. to you, I screamed. The flat the is open! The flat is open! <laughs> I thought I heard you. And then I realized in that moment when I saw him running towards the sideline without a guy going with him, I, it was I knew over. it was over. It was I over. knew it was over. I was just hoping that Patrick Mahomes like made a mistake and like threw it behind him or something, or he dropped it. He's the GOAT. The Chiefs were so average during the year, during the regular season. They had no business now, being You know there. what the scary part is? They they won a Super Bowl and they looked, as you said, very average all year. I can't imagine them having a second another season in which they look that average. I, I can't either. I can't. Either. The Patriots did not go seventeen and zero every year. No, they no, didn't. You're won a right. Super Bowl. You're they right. Did. And the Bulls did not have the best record every year. They won under Jordan. Also Sorry to true. cut you off, Chris. Versus the fans up next eight three three two eight eight zero nine seven three. Call right in. Hey, off we go into the happy hour, everybody. Welcome back into Gwen and Chris. Chris Ello from uh, Reno, Nevada this evening. Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby at the Odyssey Palace Studios in San Diego. Gwen and Chris, 97.3 The Fan. You can watch on YouTube. Just search for 97.3 The Fan. You can watch the uh, program in progress. We're going to finish up the Big Five here in a second. But uh, before we get to that, Tony, a shout-out to, uh, to everybody who's on their way to Viejas Arena tonight. Big ball game, Aztecs, Colorado State, tips off at 6 o'clock. Take your time. You should have plenty of time to get in there and get ready for tonight's game. Aztecs still seated fifth by Joe Lenardi in the latest bracketology, Tony, so that the loss in Nevada not costing them in that regard. But uh, all these losses on the road have put them in a situation where and Brian Dutcher said as much in the paper today, they've got to protect their home court. They can't afford to slip up any of these games at home. No, they can't. Uh, we knew the road games are going to be tough, and, and the Aztecs haven't had the kind of success that I think they would like. But at home, you know, nothing changes. they they got to keep taking care of business at home. And so far this year, 
They really have done that. They had the one close game. Who was that against? It was against a team that wasn't, you know, supposed to. I think uh, it was UC Irvine. I think maybe? it was. It, it was somebody in early in the season yeah. where it took a last second shot. Outside of that game at home, the Aztecs have, have played close to flawless at home. They have really yeah. took care of uh, their home court this season, and so that will remain not only for this game but the following game. Remember, they got. They had the game in Nevada. We knew it was going to be tough. And then back-to-back tough games at home. This is the first of the two against Colorado State. So Aztecs looking yeah. to kind of get back into their winning ways here tonight. Yeah, they got New Mexico on Friday coming in. So, yeah, you're right, another tough game. But, you know, look at this game tonight, Tony. And one thing that, that you, people say, why can't you win on the road? You know, what's so tough about it? And normally – what happens on the road, and this the same goes even in the NBA. NBA. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Usually your role players do not play as well on the road as they do at home. And you look at Colorado State, when they beat the Aztecs a few weeks ago, Clifford had 20 points and 10 rebounds. Scott, their power forward, had 15 points and, uh, and three rebounds. Uh, Strong, their point guard, had 10 points. All of these guys were in double figures. You know Isaiah Stevens is going to get his. Absolutely. And he'll get his tonight. But the key, to me, is for the Aztecs to limit those other guys. And for whatever reason, that always seems a little easier to do when they are on the road. Yeah. And so Colorado State has that task in front of them here tonight. Right. Uh, Just a reminder, this popped up on my phone. Chris, do you know what the anniversary of today is? you know what happened on this day in college basketball? Uh, you know, offhand, I do not. Do you remember when John Chaney went after John Calipari after the uh, after that matchup they had? <laughs> <laughs> to, to, yes, to, I to, do. Today, that happened. John Chaney was ready to put, you know, he was ready for the fade for uh, John Calipari. He didn't quite get all the way there to give him the two-piece, but he was ready. He was certainly ready. Yeah, I I never rooted for so hard for John Chaney in all my life as I was that night. <laughs> that was a Temple UMass, a, uh, I believe. Yes, match it was. Uh, they got into it in the post game. Uh, wasn't I think it was? It was post game. Calipari yeah. was up speaking, and uh, Chaney came into the room and made a beeline for Calipari <laughs> he was, he was and had to be separated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are those are the good old days, right, of college basketball. Yeah. Everybody's too. Everybody's too polite now. Yeah, well, everybody yeah, everybody like likes each other. It's it's a very friendly environment. It is, you know, and it's yes doesn't doesn't really produce the type of <laughs> hatred, I guess. That you, <laughs> no, that you, no, that you, you don't have. I mean, they, they have rivalries, but even Duke, North Carolina, is not what it once was. No, it's so. I I mean, I think all of those rivalries, and I don't know if it's because you don't see. Guys aren't sticking around as long. I don't know why those rivalries have lost some of their their their. I don't know some of the. I think that's part of it, but I think the main reason that you used to have these rivalries is because these coaches, Bobby Knight, Gene Cady, Dean Smith, Shashevsky, they stayed at their school for forty years. I mean, they were it was one institution against another. You know, it was like God coaching against God. Something had to give. Yeah, they they were the institution. Now, now those at that guys point. have all kind of moved on. Yeah, yeah. The, the coaches at that time became the institution because they were there so long. Right but now, yeah, it's, they were it, bigger than the school that's itself. Right. That's right. Now it's like yeah. a, it's like musical chairs, and in some ways, it's good. Right, you're seeing a lot more 
younger, new faces that get an opportunity, but that also then means that they're also looking for the next best, biggest and best opportunity, and there goes the, yeah. the merry-go-round as it is. Uh, college Football Board of Managers expected to vote five plus seven, on the 5-plus-7 format, for those who aren't familiar. Um, that is the five highest-ranked conference champions and the next seven highest-ranked teams in the 12-team playoff this fall. It starts this year in 2024. Format that a format change that could finally get unanimous backing. It needs it if the Pac-12 agrees to it. Now, I think it's a Pac-2, right? Because if I'm not mistaken, Washington State and Oregon State, right? Own those two. They're the only two left. They're the they're the two. So they, they'll be the ones voting on it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I. You know what? This isn't really great news for the Aztecs. I I don't think, at least on, off the top of my head, because if you're going to take the five power champions and they're all going to get in, which is fair, but then you're going to take the other seven top ranked teams. That's going to be like the Aztecs would go twelve SEC. and zero. Yeah. Yeah, the Essex would go 12-0, and 0, but they wouldn't be ranked high enough to be one of the other seven. Yeah, this is where the move to – this is why, when you, when you cut all of the fat off of it, this is why teams made the move that they made in terms of changing yeah. conferences. Because they knew this was coming. The five top, five top teams in those conferences, but we see it every year. The SEC will have like – five teams ranked in the top 25. The ACC will have right. one or two. The Big Ten will have three or four or five. So it's a good chance yeah. that although, you know, it's it's been expanded, we're still going to see pretty much the same two, three conferences, most likely thing. loading up those playoff formats. Yeah, I, I really think in, in fairness, you've got to take – you can take the, the five-power – you can take the top six ranked teams, but I think you got to leave one spot for the best team from Outside. the rest of the conferences, yeah. and and give that team at least a a fighter's chance to go into the tournament and play a game. I, I just think that, and maybe I'm saying I am saying that because that would be San Diego State if they were the team, but I, I just think if you're going to open it up, then you got to open it up. If you're not going to open it up, then what are we even doing playing in the first place? This is a Fugazi open up, is what it seems like. Mm. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> Every time that, you, that word has been used on the show today. <laughs> it is a Fugazi open up. Like, hey, guys, we're opening up to right. everybody. Just kidding. Just Not kidding. Not actually. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a egregious NBA call last night. I don't know if you guys saw this. Knicks. I did. It was Nick, bad. It was it was atrocious. Knicks are up two. Uh, yes, they're up two. I believe. Brooke. No, it was tied. Tony, oh, it, was, it was, tied. was tied. Sorry, it was tied. Yes, it was tied. And this tied. was after uh, Brunson had just gone down and hit a two point shot to tie it. They come down. Right. Uh, I believe it's Toronto, right? That I don't remember. Can't remember. Yeah. The other team the Knicks that the Knicks were playing, scrambling to get yeah. a shot off, they heave a three up. They call Brunson Rockets. for was it? I knew it was somebody red. Rockets. Uh, <laughs> they throw up a three. They on Brunson. Yeah, it was a pretty pretty it, it apparent good. that after you saw a replay, it wasn't. They go to replay to check. Now, Chris, I don't know if you saw. Did they? Go to replay to check this actual call, or were they going to replay for something else? We now go to our resident referee, Chris Sello. 
Well, thank you very much. But I don't, you know what, I, on this one I don't have the answer because if they really went to replay to see if this was a foul, they would have had to say it was no foul. Brunson didn't touch him. I mean, never he put his arms up. Never touched and, him. And the guy, the guy was heaving such a wild shot. I, I don't understand how an NBA official could make that kind of mistake in a situation like that. I mean, the, you know, I've, I've refed so many. I mean, high school basketball, if some kid throws up a miracle three-point shot at the buzzer, you're not going to bail him out with a foul unless it's really obvious. got to be right. obvious to everybody. And this just wasn't obvious to everybody. I, I, I was shocked that the, you know, that official made such a bad call. And I don't understand how the, it stood up. The cold, the cold part, and I don't know if it was actually Ed uh, Mal, Mal, Malloy, who is the crew chief. But yeah, Ed it, Malloy. Ed Malloy, excuse me. Uh, those are the, the, in the NBA, those are the guys that speak to the media. So it may not have actually been his call, but he's the one speaking right. to the media after the game. He just straight up admitted that they got the call wrong. And I'm sure that was infuriating. I'm sure they had a clip of Nick, or excuse me, of Tom Thibodeau. I think they assumed that the call was going to get overturned. Tom Thibodeau is yes. drawing up the play. He's not a guy you want to upset. He's drawing up the play. Brunson, who at first is looking down the play, he he he's looks up and I think he realizes they've called the game. So as as Tom Thibodeau is writing, drawing up the play, Brunson just beeline. He like. Elbows the 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 clipboard, <laughs> and at that point, Tom Tim Tim Tom, or Tom Thibodeau was like, "What's going on?" He looks up, and you could read his lips. I'll, I'll let you guys go do it. Immediately, he looks up, and he yeah. is dog cussing the um, the referee that's coming towards him. Referee couldn't do anything but put his head down and just turn and wear it because he was getting a tongue lashing. From Tom Thibodeau, and so I bring. This that- seems like a situation where the Knicks ought to be able to protest this game. I, that- and I mean, being as the official went in and said we blew the call, how would the NBA not say, "Yeah, we got to go play overtime"? That's exactly why I brought it up. The New York Knicks, Knicks filed a protest with the NBA to dispute the one hundred five one hundred three loss. The Knicks decided yeah. to file Tuesday evening, highlighting the NBA's last two minute report and game crew chief Ed Mal. Uh, how you say that again, Malloy? Malloy. Yeah, Ed Malloy acknowledgement that the foul call on the Knicks guard Jalen Brunson against Houston's Aaron Holiday inside the final second was incorrectly called. Now, here's some right. back here's some background. There's only six protests in league history have been upheld. The NBA has not often upheld protests in its history. Only six times. The last time was in December 19, 2007, when Miami Heat center Shaquille O'Neal was incorrectly ruled to have six fouls when he only had five. That game, the game was resumed March 8, 2008, but neither team scored in the 51.9 seconds. That was replayed for the overtime, and the Hawks won 114-111 in that game. So there's a chance. Any way they can't, yeah, they have to uphold this, Tony. I mean, their own official, you know, whether he was should have said it or not, said it that they messed up the call. So the game is clearly in overtime. You've got to get these two teams together and play five more minutes. Here's the cold part. It's fair. I'm not a Knicks fan, but this is the fair thing to do. It it is. But here's the cold part about that game I was just telling you about, where Shaquille O'Neal was ruled uh, (laughs) to have six fouls. By the time they replayed it. Shaquille O'Neal was no longer on the team. He had been traded to the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> so wow. they didn't even get the benefit, even in that case. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's cool. I think if the NBA is legit, they've got to get these teams together I, and play five minutes somewhere. I think you're right. I think you're right. It, it, it'll be a, I mean, it'll, you remember the baseball game when George Brett's pine tar got overturned. They put the Yankees and the Royals. They flew them in for basically right. a half an inning of baseball. That's right. I mean, it was many, many years ago, but the protest was you know upheld or overturned, and they finished that game. I, I think the NBA has got to do the same thing. All right, uh, let's get to break. Let's get to the other side. More Gwen and Chris. Here's some traffic. Pop crit. quiz. Oh, we got a pop quiz. It's not a fantabulous, so maybe I have a shot. I champ is that. not here. Champ is not here. Well, the champ is sitting well, across yeah. from me. I'm, but... I'm the champ now. Right. I'm the captain now. More Gwen and Chris. That's not what we're looking for. I right. know. That was for the big to, five that I forgot about. <laughs> okay, here we go. From the 97th there we are. Traffic Center, here's Kelly Danik. Back here in the Odyssey Palace, Gordon Chris, 97.3 The Fan. We have a couple questions about this conference issue. Chris is in Reno. Tony and I are here in San Diego. But we got our guy on it. Kirk Kenny texted me, and he said, In a 5-plus-7 format, Mountain West champion would have a good chance of making expanded playoff teams as one of the five automatics. The top five conferences receive an automatic berth to the playoff for their champion. The Pac-12 will no longer be a Power 5 conference since it no longer will have the minimum of six teams. So that means a group of five conference will always be included as one of the teams to get an automatic berth. And the Mountain West is probably now the top group of five conference after the AAC lost several teams to the Big 12. So that's what our uh, college football guy here in town gave us. I hope he's right. Good explanation by Kirk Kenny. That's right. I I aired because I thought there was still a Power 5 conferences, but there's really now only a Power 4. That's right, because Pac-12 lost its membership. So the fifth could be the Aztecs. Yeah, very good, Kirk. Thank you, Kirk. Thank you, Kirk, for getting us straight. This this cannot be true. You, you can go back and watch your. You can go back and watch reruns of Gunsmoke now, Kirk. <laughs> Bill Vinovich is according to the chat. Bill Vinovich is indeed the head referee for tonight's, tonight's game. game. <laughs> I Come on. I mean, Vegas to San Diego unbelievable. Isn't, isn't a really? Force, How do you shot? go from being the Super Bowl lead referee to? I'm not gonna lie. I don't care that he might not be the greatest referee. That's pretty freaking cool. It is cool. I'm going to go down there and give him a piece of my mind. And then turn around and do a Mountain West Conference basketball game? I'm going to give him a piece of my mind later. I'm Uh, going to the game now. Scraby's going to run down to Viejas Arena and go running onto the floor during the second half. He's going to get hit as hard as that dude who was streaking on the field. (laughs) You're going to tackle Bill Vinovich tonight. Bill Vinovich, I'll be like, hey, Vino. Let me tell you something, man. Don't run up on this referee. These referees ain't your granddaddy's referees. I don't know if you've seen them. No, they're pretty strong. You never know, know, Scraby. Jaden Ledee might... Step in to protect Bill oh, Vinovich, man. and then you're going to be in a lot of trouble. I want none of that. Jaden uh, Ledeen yeah. would crush me that in the looks heart. like it would hurt. It would definitely hurt. But, all yes. right. Thank you for the information, everybody. Now, we haven't played this in a very long time, but it still is one of Chris's games that I try to take on Tony in. It's called the Pop Quiz. Remember the days of sitting in class? Good to have all of you back to school. And the teacher said the dreaded words, Pop Quiz. Chris Ello isn't your teacher, but he does come up with fun pop quizzes. Play along with us. The Chris Ello Pop Quiz commences now on 97.3 The Fan. All right, everybody, put your notebooks away. Get your pens and pencils and scorecards ready. Time for our pop quiz. 12 questions today, guys. 12 questions. Whoever does the best 
will be today's champ. The answer will be one team or the other team, or the answer could be the same. And that is what always drives you guys We haven't had the sames in a while. I hate the sames. Yeah, I I know you do. All right, today's category, get you ready for baseball season, Tony. You're going out to spring training next week. All right, I'm ready. How many wins did the following teams have last year? Oh, no. Who had more? My absolute Very simple category. Very simple. Scraby, you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, first one up. Who had more wins last year, the Baltimore Orioles or the Los Angeles Dodgers? It's already a hard one. Uh, it doesn't matter who goes first in that, really. So go ahead, Scraby. Go uh, you, Scraby. I'm going to say... <sighs> go ahead, Scraby. I'm going to say the Orioles. The Orioles had more, says Scraby, than the Dodgers. Tony? I, too, will say the Orioles. Orioles had 101. Dodgers had 100. Okay, good. I think Very we good, guys. A couple weeks ago, so that's the reason. I think we I... went over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Whew. you did. Well, you were you were ready for that one. Yeah. All right. Let's see how you do on this one, Tony. You're first. Who had more, the Cardinals or the Nationals? Ooh. Cardinals or the Nationals? That ain't even Tony? right. I'm gonna say the Nationals. You're gonna say the Nationals, okay? It's great. My first instinct was Nationals. Are you staying with your first yeah, instinct? Yeah, yeah. Na- nationals, Nationals. All right, they've had the same seventy-one was, to seventy-one. You know what? I almost changed. I knew it. Too. it. I knew it. I hate the same. Because now the Stays same tied is at the one. Next one, Scraby. Who had more wins? Our San Diego Padres or George Costanza's New York Yankees? Costanza's. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Padres I, or Yankees? Scrape? Um, I'm gonna have to say the Yankees. Yankees, Tony. Are we going back to back? I know the Pods the had 82. The yeah, I knew that for I, sure. I want to say the Yankees had the same. Same. Is that your answer? Indeed it is. Same. Yankees had 82. Oh. Padres had 82. He went same back to back. That's diabolical. I did. See, that I didn't have to depend on the same strategy because I actually knew one of the teams. And I just felt like the Yankees were right in that same area. I felt like the Yankees yeah. were like maybe one a game, two games better. It's crazy that we had what we consider to be a bad season last year, but we won just as many as the Yankees did. All right, who had more, Tony, the Rockies or the White Sox? Dick Montfort uh, Rockies and company. were atrocious, but the White Sox so were atrocious. The White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I, oh. White Sox and who? Who was other team? White, oh, White Sox and Rockies. I gotta say the White Sox had a better season. You're gonna stick with the White Sox, I, right? I can't Scraby? give Colorado any credit with Montford at the helm. I know. Yeah. I mean, the Rockies. Uh, would Chris go same three in a row? They're in the they're in the ballpark. That's for sure. I'm just gonna go same three in a row. Yeah. yeah. I'm not that diabolical, Scraby. <laughs> White Sox 61, oh! Rockies 59. Yeah! Oh. So Tony takes a 3-1 lead. Oh, no. Scraby, uh, remember, it's only 12 questions. You better get back into it here. Uh, who had more, Scraby, the Angels or the Pirates? More wins last year. The Halos the... or the Bucks? I'm going to say the Pirates. Pirates, says Scraby. 
Tony. Pirates had it had it going there for they a did. sec. They did. Then they started falter. I'm still gonna go with the Pirates. Pirates seventy six, Angels seventy three. You're both correct. Doesn't help me though. Boom. Tony leads four to two. Tony goes first. Is it the Giants or the Tigers? Who had more wins last year, Tony Gwynn Jr.? Tony, uh, Giants or Tigers? This feels like the same coming. But I'm going to say... <laughs> trying to smell them out. <laughs> I'm going to say the Tigers. Oh, wow. Goes with the Tigers. Scrabby. My thoughts were immediately the Giants. Staying with it? Yes, I'm staying with it. Tigers 78, Giants 79. Oh! Rabies ah. picks up a point. That was Much close. needed. Ah. All right. It's Tony four, Scraby three. Six questions remaining. I believe Scraby's up first. Who won more? The NL champion Diamondbacks or the Marlins? Let's see. The Marlins were in they're in the NL East, so they're gonna and they made the playoffs. I'm gonna say Marlins. Marlins. Marlins, Marlins? Yep. Uh, same, 84-84. Marlins and Diamondbacks tied. You both missed that one. Tony stays ahead 4-3. to three. Next up for Tony, the Astros or the Brewers? One of your former squads, Mr. Gwynn. Astros or the Brewers? I'm going to say the Astros. Who won more games last I'm going to Astros. Going to go ah! the Astros? Uh-oh. Ah! Give me the Brewers. Mm. Wow. Give me the brew crew. Total change. Yeah. Really? Brew crew. Brew crew. Scraby. I'm going to go with Astros. You're going to go with Astros. Yeah. Astros won 90. Astros won 90. Brewers won 92. Oh! Believe it! The Brewers. The Brewers is correct. How? Making me angry. Astros had... Remember the Astros couldn't win a game at home last year? No. No, they could not. They struggled a little bit. All right, Tony needs bat- five to three. Was all messed up. Remember the batter's yes. eye. Yes, yes. apparently. Yes. <laughs> <there too. laughs> all right, Tony has to go first because there's four questions remaining. Tony uh, leads five to three. And Tony, the question is the Rays or the Mariners? Mm, Rays were off to a electric start there. They caved. I'm going to go with the Rays, though. Stays with the Rays. Stay with the Rays. Scraby? There's three um, questions left, so yeah. you don't necessarily have to pick up ground here, but it's your call. No, you're going to need to pick up ground. I'm going to so. go same. Same. Same? Yeah, not even close. Uh, this was the one gimme I put in. The Rays 99, the Mariners 89. Oh, oh, oh. I, I yeah, 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 I boxed that yeah. up. Box it. Yeah, there's no way the Mariners had 99 wins. What was I thinking? Is thing that is, you, is that the you, game? The things you didn't know. You didn't know the Ray, Rays had 99 wins though. So it was. Tough I to knew that, that they had a lot, but I didn't think they had 99. I thought maybe like 93 because they did lose a ton there at the end. Yeah, they fell. All right, no Tony leads six to three. The best you can do now is a tie. Scraby. Okay. Uh, Tony's up. Is it the Phillies or the Rangers? Rangers barely won. Give me the Phils. Takes the Phillies over the World Series champs. Scrape. I am going to go same. Let a boy, Scrape. You smelled it out. Yes. 90 to 90. That's right, Correct. baby. 
I'm not really in Phillies it, but I'm back Rangers. in it. You're not. <laughs> yes, whatever you just said. All right, there's two questions left. Scrib, you need to win both of these. Neither of these is the same. I will give you guys that clue. Like Tony, it. who won more, the Guardians or the Mets? Ooh, wow. Tony gets it right. The game's over. If not, the game will continue. Guardians. Scrib, I got good news and bad news. What? I don't really actually have any good news. He got it. The bad news is, is that Tony's correct. The Guardians won uh. 76, the Mets 75. Tony Boyne Jr. prevails again. You know, this wasn't a good showing for me. I, I knew a pop quiz was coming today. Oh, that's Chris snapping. I thought it was you. Hey, I, I thought it was losing my mind. I was like, well, who else I'm is like, snapping? I know I'm not snapping anymore, yeah. but I'm still hearing it. I, uh, I even told myself today that I needed to go look up standings and I needed to go look up NBA stats and As things the of that great nature. DJ Khaled once said, Congratulations, you played yourself. There you go. You already know. More Gwen and Chris on the Final other side. Final score, Tony Gwynn Jr., 7, oh, we don't maybe 5. <laughs> See you on the other side. Yes, sir. Gwen and Chris, happy hour, 5.40 on the clock. If I'm not mistaken, my Lakers are in action today. You know, Scrape? Pistons, right? You at got home? The Pistons. Yeah. Get the Pistons at a, a, a old school seven thirty match. Well, listen, 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 listen to you counting on a victory. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, listen, you guys, you guys know me. I don't count on victories very often with my Lakers. This one I feel pretty good about. The twenty eight and twenty six Lakers. Are, what do they got? Eight and forty four. What do the Pistons got? Eight. Yeah. Yeah. The Wizards are not. The Wizards are giving them a run for their money, though. They are. The Wizards, and, I think, are nine and. 44. I don't know if you saw uh, the quotes from Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma. He was former uh, Laker, now a wizard. Right. He was called into the owner's office. He, the owner presented him with the trade that the Wizards were going to do and basically asked Kuz, did he want to do it? Kuz said, I wanted to stay, which is completely mind blowing to me. And. Uh, yeah. He, he he nixed the deal, and now Kyle Kuzma is still a Washington Wizard. I, I will give him, you know, in a day and age where guys are quick quick to run off and go to the greener pasture, I, I have a little appreciation for him to to stick with a a team that is giving, as you said, the eight and forty four Pistons a run. You know, part of me says yes. Part of me says maybe he's the kind of guy that just. Doesn't really want to play basketball with all that pressure of having to win or lose. He was in Laker Pretty town. easy playing for the Wizards every night. That is that is very true. That is very true. All right, we got to get to our interview of the day. And right now, I can't remember who it was. <laughs> Thank you for being honest. <laughs> A.J. Casavell. A.J. Casavell joined us earlier to talk some Padres. you get a chance to hear it after traffic. A.J. Katzenville joins us here on Gwen and Chris. A.J., how's your uh, Arizona stay so far? Uh, a little earlier than usual. This is now two years in a row I've watched the Super Bowl from Arizona, which is a little <laughs> weird. But uh, last year it was a lot colder at this time. I'm told the cold went through Arizona last week, and it's been so far sunny days in baseball. So, so far, so good. I, I enjoy sunny days in baseball. Now, before we get into business here, 
It's 2024 bringing us long hair, don't care, AJ oh. Casaville, or are we trimming this up this year? Uh, it's long hair, don't care. Well, you know what? It's long hair, comma, care. Okay. Okay. Care. okay. But, Good to but, know. Uh, I'm keeping the long hair going for 2024 at least. All right. Fair enough. All right. Um, Padres, pitchers and catchers, day two. Uh, anything sticking out to you in the first 48 hours of camp that you bet you've been there in terms of players vibe what's it been like down there so far oh uh, the, the vibe's been pretty good the vibe's usually always pretty good at this time of year the one thing that stands out to me i think is uh maybe kind of how ready some of these pitchers are and that probably stems from the fact that i mean especially i saw you darvish throw his bullpen session today and it was a lot more intense than i think what you'd regularly expect from early february or mid-february i guess uh, I think it stems from the fact that they're opening the season earlier, so it makes sense why. But I think the pitchers are, are maybe farther along than they otherwise would have been. That probably speaks to some of the readiness from this, this staff to get the season going and the excitement. And uh, I, maybe even to the leadership of the group. I know Joe Musgrove and you Darvish are, are obviously at the forefront of that pitching group. And those are two guys you'd probably want leading your pitchers. And the rest of the group is kind of, has uh, kind of fallen into place behind them. And I think uh, we've heard some good things about everyone the Padres acquired in that Yankees trade and some of the young pitching prospects out here. So it'll be interesting to kind of see as the uh, next few weeks go on how the Padres prep for that Korea series in terms of getting their arms ready and preparing for those two games specifically and also uh, just kind of what, what their strategy is. Talking to AJ Caswell, MLB.com. He's out there in Peoria. And uh, AJ, we were just listening to AJ Preller talk about Manny Machado, and he was saying that he was tracking to play by the Korea series. So what are you hearing about Manny's return date? Yeah, so Manny actually just talked to us too. And um, he didn't want to put it – he didn't – I mean, he didn't want to get into too many specifics on – he said his body would tell him and whatnot. But it sounds like Machado's tracking to play by that Korea series based on what Preller said, based on the fact that – Machado took some throws today, did some grounders at third base and threw across the diamond a few times. And right now it's really a matter of the workload and how much he'll be able to do. He is swinging and he is throwing. He just can't swing and throw at the level you probably need to be swinging and throwing every day to kind of hone your craft and and get in shape for, for a major league baseball season. So obviously you don't want to rush that, but given all of that information, I think it's probably very likely that Machado plays in in Korea now, whether he plays as a DH or a third baseman, and I think there's a chance that he would be there as a third baseman, like available. But you don't want to rush that. You don't want to build up his workload on a throwing arm too much, too fast after the surgery. So, uh, I, I would say it's likely he plays in Korea. Uh, as for the DH third base question, that that's still up in the air. We also listen to AJ speak. Uh, on a number of different topics, but the the one topic I'm going to ask you about is Hassan Kim. He was asked about his um, in terms of teams wanting him and the Padres wanting to keep him. Um, you know, I I don't know that there was a whole lot there, but if you you read between the lines, it does sound like at least for now the Padres want to have him as a part of this team moving forward. Yeah, I think that's definitely true, and I think it's unlikely that he gets that he gets traded before opening day, not out of the realm of possibility, but AJ essentially said that they'll, they'll take calls because they take calls on everyone, but they view him as a pretty integral piece. And you can see why, given everything he does to make this, the, the infield 
frankly, really good. He's a, he's a great defender at multiple positions. So um, Preller also, I think, was kind of candid about the fact that the Padres are still looking to – they're still open to making trades. They're still in discussions about making trades. They're in discussions with free agents. Like, this is not a complete roster. He said something along the lines of the roster that breaks camp with us will almost certainly not be the roster that, that ends camp with us. And so there are moves to come. And obviously, I think you glance down who's available and what can net the Padres sending pieces back. And one of the one of the preeminent names is Hassan Kim because of where he is in his contract, because of his value, and because of the glut of infielders that the Padres have. I think that being said, the Padres view him extremely highly. And I think, as well, they should. They should be viewing him that highly. Um, and so it's going to take a pretty substantial package to get Hassan Kim back. And I, I don't know if there's a team out there that's going to do that for one year of Hassan Kim. So right now, probably likelier than not that Kim's a Padre come opening day and where he plays may be dictated by the health of Machado, whether he's at third base or not. You just made a lot of fans happy, AJ. Yeah, we hear did. from everybody that no one wants to trade Hassan Kim. So we'll see if that happens, but that's good news. We're talking to AJ Casabell of MLB.com right now. And Jerkson Profar was signed yesterday by the Padres for a very team-friendly contract. But last night I was talking about where is he? Is he going to be an everyday guy? Is he a DH? Is he a spot left field guy? Where do you think they're going to go with uh, Jerkson Profar this year? I think you know exactly what you have in Jerkson Profar. And so he you can kind of pencil him in as the guy that, that is uh, – you probably know what you're going to get from him. And so you ask other guys to kind of step up and win places in the outfield around him. And I assume they're going to make another addition to the outfield. But his amount of playing time and where he plays and how much he plays will be dictated by probably the performance of some of these prospects. I mean, Jackson Merrill is going to be getting reps in left field. Jacob Marcy, the Arizona Fall League MVP, he'll be he'll be in the mix for for center field reps and for an outfield spot or a bench spot. Same with Grant Pauly. Like some of these young prospects, if they can earn the job, and this is one of the things we talked about with AJ Preller today, was was how do you kind of view the promotion of these guys and they have to really step up and take the job. Uh, if they can earn the job, I think there's more playing time for them probably ahead of Jurex and Profar. But you sign a guy like Jurex and Profar to be available if you need him to start in left field and to be available, if you need him to be a bench piece who can play a bunch of different spots behind some of the prospects. So what, what I think what his signing does more than anything else is give you that flexibility because you've got a, a guy that's kind of already entrenched in the clubhouse and who you probably kind of know what you're going to get from him. And then you can, you, you've established the baseline and now you can kind of ask your prospects to say, Hey, go, go win a job, go earn a spot, go earn that playing time. AJ Casaville joins us here on Gwen and Chris, 249 on the Dow. And AJ, I think, you know, we heard Joe Musgrove talk a little bit about the team needing to uh, to establish an identity. Um, typically, when we think of leadership on this ball club, we think of Hugh Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Manny Machado. But I'm curious to get your thought because in year what is actually year five of his playing career, because remember, he missed 2022. Fernando Tatis Jr. has always been looked at as kind of the guy who brings the energy. He's kind of the lifeblood of the team. But at the you know young age of, what, 25 now, um, it seems like this is kind of his territory to kind of maybe step into and be one of those leaders moving into this year. Yeah, and I think there can be different kinds of leadership. And so if you get a guy like Fernando Tatis Jr. who brings that that energy and that joy and kind of also that, like, 
I mean, he's he's had some big hits during his Padres tenure, and if 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 he's kind of thriving in those big moments, you, you kind of he, he's kind of said he's put his team put it put the team on his back and and said, hey, I'll I'll carry it to where we're trying to get to in some big in some big spots in the 2020 playoffs and some big regular season games down the stretch in 2022 or in 2023. Um, he also had some struggles last season. I think what you would look for him in that uh in that leadership role would be uh, when things aren't going so great, kind of maybe keep that persistent leadership leadership aspect of it up. And when things are going great, stay kind of exactly as you are. And so he'll be, it'll be interesting to kind of watch him because he's obviously such a, he, he, he plays the game with his heart on his sleeve. He, he shows his emotions all the time. And as someone who covers the team and wants guys to do that more often, I love that. Um, But he's also showed a, a pretty great deal of maturity just in the last year in terms of his preparation and readying himself and learning to kind of switch positions and, and, and being out there every single day, which is obviously a thing that you, you want your leaders to be available and to kind of lead by example from on the field. And so he was that guy last season. So it, I think, like you said, it'll be interesting to see how this season he, he takes that step because he has been, he's one of the longest tenured Padres at this point. Talking to AJ Casbell, MLB.com. Thank you for joining us from Peoria, AJ. This is the last one for me, but Michael King, I've uh, been talking about how all the fans are very excited to see what he can do. What are the early thoughts on Michael King? I, I, I've heard nothing but great things about Michael King, and I, we talked to him the other day. He's a very cerebral uh, person and pitcher, and he thinks the game very, I mean, very intensely. And I think uh, you look at the way his stuff played down the stretch last year in the rotation and the fact that he has different pitches, different fastballs, different versions of kind of how he can get hitters out. I talked to Kyle Higashioka about it yesterday. Like he kind of has everything you'd want out of a starter. He just didn't necessarily have that opportunity in New York until late last season. And so I think you always thought he could be a pretty good starter. And there he was for those, I think, nine starts that he made doing it. And uh, the transition is going to be an interesting one because the Padres don't like to set specific innings counts that, that their pitchers can't pass. They want them, they want those pitchers to essentially dictate themselves, not, not with what they say, but kind of with their performance and how their body's feeling and that kind of thing, how far they can go. He's only ever thrown 105 innings. I think is, is the most he's thrown in the big leagues. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they, how they monitor those innings going forward, but he's, his stuff is, is, is nasty. And he has the, the making of a middle of the rotation, if not, sliding toward the front of the rotation type starting pitcher. And he's going to be given that chance. And everything we've heard says that, that he could be that guy. I think the Padres are really relying on him to be that guy because right now the way the rotation shapes up, there's, there's question marks behind him, but if they can have that top three solidified, that'll go a long way to ensuring that, that whoever rotates in those last two, two or three spots, I mean, the Padres will have that solid foundation in place. No question about it, AJ. Uh, first of many conversations in 2024, my man. Appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, guys. AJ Casaville, always fun to catch up with. That's going to do it for our show tonight. Back at it again tomorrow. The group will be together for at least half of the show. Yeah. And what do we got tomorrow? Oh, Sports Court. Sports Court, yes. I got a good one, we, too. What are we changing it from Sports Court to just Court? Well, well, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow's <laughs> the fifth, first official day. Because I got a really good one. All right. Well, stay tuned. We'll be back at it again tomorrow, two to six. You guys be safe. We'll Scraby show up next. Scraby show. Scraby Chronicles up next.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.